This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. <laughs> I'm glad you are. You, you, you put together innovation and it's fun. And I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. And yeah, I'm sure we will, Michael. End of days. The freedom of speech is being taken away. What did they catch? Someone after they die. Uh, I Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Vaguely lovable indeed. Don't be shy, boys and girls and those in between. The number is 760-332-8724. Don't be afraid to call in. That number is 760-332-8724. Now, Mr. David Dees is on the line waiting. Let's not play any more games. Let's bring him in. David, are you still out there? I'm here. Fantastic. I'm glad you're here, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Michael Deacon, it's so good to talk to you. We got so many things to cover. Can you believe it? This is actually happening, David. I can believe it. And also, I really like the name of your show, End of Days. I think it's going to be very appropriate for what I'm getting ready to tell your listening audience tonight, because it's not going to be what you think it is. I know you think that the new world order is going to come and put us in uh, FEMA camps and uh, inject us oh, and uh, you know implant us and... 
hook us up to machines and turn us into machines, but that's not what's going to happen. I'll tell you a little bit about that later. I think we'll cover some other things to begin with. For sure, for sure. We have to to give the audience a little taste before we jump right in. And again, thank you for stopping in. I know you don't really do too many interviews uh, anymore these days, and I appreciate it, David. I don't. I'm... uh, I'm getting ready to come out with my fourth book, and that will be 400 illustrations in print, which is very important. You know, most everything is digital these days, and the parasites in control love that because, boy, they have a they they can just uh, delete things and and block things. But uh, you know, if you put a book in somebody's hand, that's way different. And my books land on coffee tables. And I get so much uh, fan mail that they t- talk about their families that come over and, and friends come over, and they, they're they very proud of uh, representing all these uh, wacky viewpoints I have, which are, are not wacky at all. It's the truth, I think, you know, but uh, the, the people who are not awake certainly think of them as just a joke. Definitely. And I have used your illustrations before, and I absolutely love them. And of course, I don't necessarily agree with everything. No one should agree with everything, but I appreciate your art. And of course, those who express themselves. Uh, Hell, David, I even enjoy those out there who hate me and want me dead. (laughs) I love those people. Fan mail. That's my best fan mail. I always include that when I put it on my site. I I always uh, and there's not much of it, you know, and it's usually written in a way that you realize that there's so disconnected that they they don't really have a clue but it's fun yeah. though it's really fun you have to embrace it all though yeah yeah i do i do i i, I love criticism i always invited criticism you know i, I worked uh, in the beginning i worked in advertising and i worked as a staff illustrator in a in a design studio that's right and there was eight illustrators right. and five designers and which is that's unheard of anymore but this was back in the 80s when that sort of thing was happening and uh yeah and and when I came in there, I had uh, I was the new illustrator. I was fresh out of art school, and I had and these these guys were all doing. We were all doing magazines and, and newspaper and posters and all these things. And I walked in pretty green. And the first thing I did was every time every job I was working on, I would invite everybody over to criticize what I was doing, and they loved it, right? Because not they didn't want to be criticized. I did, and what they were doing was teaching me how to illustrate. They didn't realize it. Yeah, not everyone then, enjoys that. I competed with them. Go ahead. I was just saying, not everyone enjoys being criticized. Yeah. Well, I, I opened my art up for criticism because uh, in the criticism, they'll also tell you what's not working and, and how you, not necessarily how you can fix it, but certainly where there's a problem. And you get feedback and see if it's communicating because illustrations are communications. You know, it, it's, it's a little bit like um, a translation. Absolutely. You know, and David, yeah, and David, what exactly got you interested enough to uh, pursue this this uh, route here? Uh, illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's see. My, you know, uh, the funny thing is, I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, as the school buses go by in the morning, because I, uh, now that I'm old, I, I uh, get up real early. I, sometimes I'm I'm up at six, you know, and uh, and when the school bus goes by, I just feel queasy because you know it used to be that. We were going to school and it was kind of a cool thing or, you know, it was stressful, but, you know, it wasn't the Internet obviously wasn't here here yet. And we didn't know that this was just a big implant doctrination station that they had set up to teach us uh, to to jump when the bell rang. And anyway, the point is, is that they they really bred the creativity out of us. And 
people that that uh, write to me and say, "Oh, I admire your work," and you know, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't do any art, or you know, I can't draw. And I say, uh, I don't say this, but I, I know this is the fact is is that they put you through 12 years of school where they didn't even teach you to to, to be an artist. They didn't want you to be an artist. They don't want you to be creative. And David, uh, I got to ask you, David, did mom and dad want you to become an illustrator? Well, what I was getting to was, is that my father, uh, uh, I have a bag. My father is a a school teacher. He taught uh, college level Mm. uh, and high school uh, advanced mathematics. And so, you know, uh, so I grew up in the school system and. But he also, when I was four years old, uh, we were in New Orleans. We lived in New Orleans, or outside of New Orleans, and we went into town. And uh, we were walking down the street, uh, kind of window shopping. Everything was closed, and he saw a painting of a, a snow scene in the window. And he stood there in just in awe of how beautiful this painting was. And he said, "I'm going to come back tomorrow and see how much that is because I love that painting." And boy, he, you know, I went with him. You know, I think I was five. And I went with him, and uh, he came out of the store. He went in, he came back. He said, oh, it's way too expensive. <laughs> and he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go buy me some paints and paint me one. And so he came back to the store, and he stood there, and he sketched He sketched the uh, – he stood there with a piece of paper. watched him. He sketched that painting that he wanted. And he went back a few times and was checking on colors and stuff, and he went home and painted his own, right? And I stood there. I sat there with him, you know, oil paints, big oil painting. And, and what it, what it was happening was, is that he was showing me how to paint. I mean, he was showing me how to research, how to pull, go to books and find pictures of trees and find pictures of, you know, everything you needed to, to paint. And, uh, this was my education. I didn't realize it at the time, but this was my education. If you, if, if everybody had this opportunity to sit and be fascinated by their, their father or even the teacher, if the teacher in your in your class was uh, to paint and you watched, you would have so many artists and musicians in this society. But no, we got people that work in factories. That's, That's interesting. That's interesting that you bring up these art teachers because the ones that I had, like in middle school, the art teacher there was an alcoholic and she would be falling asleep during class sometimes, David. Yeah. Yeah. And when I got to high school, uh, you know, I... Uh, I, I was uh, so good uh, drawing and painting that uh, I won every ribbon at the, at the county fair, and, and they put all my art up in the, the library. And then uh, uh, they, the, the faculty came, and they asked me if I would be the art teacher in the, in the high school. Wow. And I said, no. Are you? I go, no, I want to be in an art class. I, I didn't know how to teach anybody else you know i didn't you know boy what a great opportunity that had been oh my god so david you david you were kind of like a young bob ross (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes yeah i was i was painting uh i was doing what i was doing more wildlife uh i I really like to to paint uh deer and uh birds and um some landscapes and then i got into painting motorcycles and uh and then oh you asked me about the my parents. And so, yeah, tell me about them. Well, I got really uh, bad uh, or, or, you know, look, it's what they wanted, you know, I ended up going uh, right. in, in the Emory University, which was a pre-medical, you know, uh, school. And so I got in there because I was, you know, ace in mathematics. I was always nearly a hundred percent for the year in my math skills. It was crazy what I could do with math. I really understood geometry and trigonometry and calculus and all these crazy, you know, abstract 
things that, that I, have, I have no memory of how to do any of that now. But at the time, I understood them. And because my father was a, you know, he was a great teacher. And uh, so, um, so when, I, when I got to Emory, I, I soon realized that I didn't want to be there. And I called my father and I said, look, I'm, I've decided I'm going to become an artist. And he said, can you make any money doing that? And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to try. And he said, okay, we'll back you up. So I went from there. Uh, that was interesting, though. And so they were, in Atlanta, there was two uh, art colleges. There was the commercial art school, and then there was the painterly, you know, fine art school where you you do uh, canvases and stuff, which is what I was doing. And uh, and so I sent off for the, for the um, what, do you, what do you call the uh, catalog, and, and when they came in the mail, the first one came in the mail was the Fine Art College. And, you know, there was uh, it was very um, artistic. It was pictures of people with big easels and looking very artistic, you know. And then uh, I went, oh, that's nice. That looks interesting. But then when the second one, the, uh, the, illustri- the uh, commercial art the catalog came, on the cover was a guy sitting at a drawing board with magic markers, and he was illustrating a cheeseburger. And as soon as I saw that, I went, oh. That's it. That's it. I was so excited, man. I I literally was jumping up and down because I I, I like the idea of doing a cheeseburger with magic markers, and uh, so I, I went there and then I quit pretty pretty soon. I didn't. I kept saying, "Who's paying me? Who's paying me to do all these stupid projects in this art school?" So man, I, I quit and started working pretty early. Yes, you'd be surprised though. In the art world, all kinds of things sell for a very high price. I just. I believe just recently somewhere in like Miami, a banana uh, taped to a wall sold for like 120 grand. I'm not (laughs) even joking. Okay. That's pretty ridiculous, but there there are artists like that. Somebody's going to have to pay that though. You know, you got to find somebody that'll like it. Exactly. Um, Yeah. But I I went into advertising. I I end up, uh, you know, out of art school, I went into an ad agency, an agency, like I said, this illustration studio. And I was uh, illustrating for, you know, all the magazines. I was uh, in Time Magazine and Life Magazine and and uh, newspapers. You were deep. You were deep in the whole corporate world for a while there. And all this time, were were you still (laughs) like this very straight edge sort of guy at the time? This very straight and narrow, straight and narrow sort of personality. <laughs> well, the, the farther I got away from my home life, the the more uh, wild I got. You know, uh, dibbling into drugs. And, there we uh, go. You know, recreational drugs and uh, and uh, growing my hair out long. And what what were you doing, uh, if you don't mind me asking, David? Drug wise, sure. Well, let's see. What year? Let's see. This would have been uh, late seventies. Yeah, we were. Um, didn't like pot. Pot made me paranoid, which is that's no party. If you're paranoid and looking in the mirror, yelling at yourself, that's not cool. You were so, yelling at yourself when you smoked? I was upset with myself. Oh, no. You got. Yeah, I, I see. No, I, now and, and I'm having the greatest time. In fact, I really uh, would love to just have some right now, but I'm not going to. Um, but I, I also was uh, a number of times I did blotter acid that had Mickey Mouse on it or a okay. rainbow or a dragon or something printed on it. And that was a lot of fun. That sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. But that very scary. And, and I also did uh, um, a few times. I did some crystal meth. And, oh uh, no, David, I, I, don't do that. I did crystal meth, and I used it to do art, and I even used it to to stay up one time for two days and and do a job that was had a rush on it. And uh, but man, I'm telling you, that is bad. I, do not do that. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> yeah, do not do that. I'm telling you, the hangover is 
you know, you have no hand-to-eye contact, and you, you become a, a zombie. It's yep. real bad. Meth is awful, kids. Don't do that. Don't snort it. Don't smoke it. Don't do anything. The, the one thing I took from that was is that I, I never had such clarity in my mind that, that somehow the drug pushed all my thinking away, and I was focused like a laser on whatever I was doing. And, and, and I was applying uh-huh. it to illustration, which I was doing meticulous details that, you know, my boss at the time was going, <laughs> he was so impressed. That's so going, funny. Wow. <laughs> so. You did it in the, in the name of science, David. <laughs> I did. In the name of science. And all this time, though, David, I'm wondering, um, in terms of religion, what about the parents? What did they instill in you at an early age? I'm sure you sort of maybe broke away from religion at, at a time. Well, I grew up in the South, and that's the Bible Belt. And there's, there we a, go. there's a church in every corner. And my mother and father, you know, while they weren't practicing Christians, they, you know, right. they did talk, you know, they did, they were respectful of, of religion a lot, you know. And, but the funny thing was, is that um, when I was uh, 12, uh, my next door neighbor, this girl, um, she was going to church, and I liked her. And so I went to church with her. And then we broke up, and I kept the church. And so I started going to the, this Christian Baptist church by myself, riding my bike when I was 12 and uh, sitting on the front row. I wanted to know exactly what was going on. I wanted to know everything. I want, these people were very emotional and they were uh, excited and they were talking about uh, very uh, exciting things and, uh, about uh, this other world that you can't really see. And I liked all that, you know, um, but I didn't, I didn't stay too long. It was a couple of years and then I was out, but, um, that was my first taste. And I was thinking about that. I mean, what 12 year old rides his bike to a, a church by himself and, and jumps in the middle of a bunch of adults that are crying for Jesus, you know? And, uh, you know, but I was curious. I really wanted to know, I wanted to know what happens when you die. Right. You know? and, and so, um, so there was that. And then, uh, you know, and then, and then once I left and, uh, I went through uh, college and stuff and got out of, um, eventually, uh, in 1978, 77, oh, 77, um, uh, I lived in Atlanta, you know, when I was, uh, going to, it went up when I started working out of school and, uh, or no, when I was in school and, uh, it, this, uh, Scientology place opened up. Oh right? no. Yes. We were talking about this. Yeah. A little Scientology place at 1977. I mean, that's pretty intense when you think about it. That's really early in that religion. Early in the game for sure. Yeah, and so I walked in. Pre-Tom um, Cruise, by the way. Sorry, go ahead. Tom Cruise, and, and <laughs> by the way, who, you know, barred my books one time when I lived in L.A. Oh, my. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he, um, but, uh, yeah, this was early on, and, and uh, it was exciting in the sense that when I walked in and looked at their books, the first book that, that, I, that got my attention was a book called Have You Lived Before This Life? And so I, you know, I didn't have much money, but I bought that book and I read it and it was all about people, uh, doing Scientology therapy, recalling past lives in detail, way detail. And I thought this was the greatest thing ever. I said, this is my goal. I'm joining Scientology. If I can find, if I can remember a past life, I mean, this is the coolest thing ever. I mean, what could be better? And sure enough, man, I got in there and I I learned the therapy, uh, got trained and, uh, about the third session that I took, man, I just boomed right into a past life. I was in Norway and I was on a boat and I was a Viking and it was wild. It was, it was Ellie and it was so real and it was, uh, so more emotional than, than I ever expected. Um, so yeah, I had, I was in Scientology for about a good solid 10 years. 
And uh, I trained. Mm-hmm. Um, I trained. Uh, if, if anybody's listening, that's into Scientology. I, I was a class four auditor, uh, and I was. I did the uh, ther- uh, the. Uh, uh, I did the text on uh, class five on level five, but I didn't complete. But, you were uh, you were definitely really deep in the game then. I was so deep in the game that I was best friends with Arthur Hubbard, which is L. Ron Hubbard's son. Oh my okay. goodness, David. Was an illustrator too, and uh, when I was working for this uh, illustrator in LA, uh, I moved to LA, okay, in '84, and then uh, there was this il- um, this illustrator. He was a top guy that I'd met in Atlanta that had come out to LA, and uh, you know he just took me right on, and uh, and so Arthur uh, came over to the studio, and he's uh, just we just hit it off, you know, and uh, he was such a rebel. He was not he had one foot in the church and one foot out, which I liked a lot, and. Uh, um, and together we illustrated books and to, we, we did, uh, the, the way to happiness. There was an illustrated way to happiness. We did that together. And, uh, I did covers of study tapes, uh, you know, packages and stuff. And, and David, what uh, got you to make the great escape per se? From Scientology. Yes, sir. Well, uh, I, uh, was spray. Here's what happened is that, um, when I got to LA, uh, I started working for, uh, uh, an illustrator, David Willardson, which was a very famous airbrush artist. And he was thinning down uh, acrylic paints. And it turns out is that I, that was a real bad thing I picked up because I love that acrylic paint and I thin it down and airbrush it. And turns out it had cadmium in it, which is a heavy metal just south of uh, mercury and lead and toxicity. I got very sick after a few years of that. And uh, I couldn't concentrate. In fact, I I pretty much was going to die around 1992. Wow. I did turn that around. That's a whole nother story how I did that. But I will tell you this, is that the doctor that, that uh, was looking at me, that was going, I don't know, you know, she said, uh, after I turned it around, she said, wow. She goes, you know, I didn't want to say anything to you. This was about three years later. She said, I don't want to say anything to you, but I've seen cancer patients that look better than you. <laughs> I said, well, I'm glad you didn't say anything because I knew I was it for me because uh, I was poisoned. Just like, you know, it turns out that cadmium, you know, it causes, you know, complete uh, destruction of your pancreas and liver and right. everything. I mean, it's it was very, very bad thing that I was doing. So I'm glad anyway, you're okay now, though, that, David. I, huh? I said, I'm glad you're okay now. I am okay. But you know what? I had some help and um, I asked for help and I got help. Uh, it was not through the medical, uh, industry. I, I can assure you that it was, um, I ended up going to the Philippines and, and seeing a psychic surgeon. If you know anything about psychic surgery in the media, they pretty much say, Oh, this is, this is just a joke. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's fake. You know, psychic kind of surgery. Thing. Can you explain more about this? I've never heard this, David. I didn't hear anything about it either. Wow. And, 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 uh, and it turns out that is that, uh, well, I won't get into how I got to that, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Uh, what's that? I was just saying, that's okay. You don't have to describe that part. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, what happens is, is that, um, and I ended up going to the Philippines and I, twice and I, I worked, uh, I, I studied with this psychic surgeon named Alex Orbito, which is, he was a healer for his whole life. He's, he's very old now. He's probably in his seventies or eighties. And uh, he started when he was 15. And his, the story he tells is that uh, there was a woman in his town in the Philippines that was crippled and in bed for many years. That was all shriveled, you know, just kind of 
pulled into a ball. Her, her muscles and her, everything about her was a big mess. And, and, uh, she said, she said, I had a dream and there was a boy that came and healed me. And she described the boy and they, they figured out who it was. They went to Alex's parents and told them. And then his parents told him that he had to go and see this lady. So he said that he went to her and he didn't know what to do. He, there she was laying on the bed, you know, an old lady that was, I don't know how old she was, but, you know, she was all uh, crumpled, you know, very sick. And he said, I just got some uh, oil and I massaged her legs and her arms and everything for a while. And uh, I did that. I, I don't know how many times, but maybe a few days. And, and her legs straightened out. Not only did they straightened out, she got out of the bed and walked into town and told everybody that he healed me, right? Well, so... Alex became a celebrity at 15 instantly. He didn't like it, and he ran. He ran away. He actually um, ran away to another town. He, he just left, you know. But uh, the spirits, uh, you know, source came into him and said, you got to go back. you, you got to be a healer. And uh, so he, he agreed. And uh, But what, I'll tell you, you're probably curious how he does it. Hold on. Let me, let me catch my breath. Yeah, go ahead. I can't seem to catch my breath. That was I'm so excited um, telling you all these stories. That's okay. Uh, and I'm glad to hear them. And I'm sure the audience would love to hear them too. This is very fascinating stuff. I haven't really heard you talk about this before anywhere. Well, no, I haven't. I haven't. In fact, when I came back after he healed me um, and I started telling people immediately, uh, I had my friends saying that, that it was, I was tricked and that it was all a hoax. And I got very upset and I got, uh, I unfriended people very fast. And I learned not to tell anybody. I even had photographs. I took the photo close up photographs. I was a photographer. So I, and he let me take bit, photographs and videos from any angle, anywhere I wanted to. Okay. So, um, and so I had a, a whole treasure trove of these photographs that people said were fakes because it's impossible. You can't put your hand in and through somebody's skin like these photographs show. And, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't. In fact, uh, the first surgery that I saw him do on a lady, uh, he did he did it for a group of us that was about 15 people. He just healed. He said, now I'm going to demonstrate a, a surgery. And he, she laid down on the table, and he uh, massaged her stomach and popped the skin and put his hand inside of her stomach through the skin. And the woman next to me hit the floor. She passed out. Wow. <laughs> she, it was it was one of those moments in my life when I saw something that was absolutely impossible. That's some absolutely. crazy shit, David. Oh, it was, it was beyond, you, you know, you, it actually makes you just tangle and float. You just go, you know, my sense of reality is now very bent. Yeah. <laughs> so, you must've been just completely mind blown uh, from that situation, David, just witnessing someone's hand go in there and penetrate someone's stomach like that. Well, he had just worked on me. So I knew what it felt like. Um, I, 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 he had done my, my, in my stomach and my throat and my chest, you know, and, and, um, you know, and, and, and so it, 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 uh, it feels like nothing I'd ever experienced. It, it's got a, it's got a sort of a, a spasm to the skin and a stinging, not unpleasant, you know, but a stinging, um, and, and the, when he, and he has his hands inside your body, it just, it feels, <laughs> It feels just like what you would think it was, but it's not painful. But and you can feel it. So you I were, it. I said, you, so you were conscious then. You weren't out or anything. No, no, no. I had, I kept my eyes closed, and and then um, sometimes uh, I learned to to put a pillow under my behind my head so I could watch. I started watching my own surgeries, and 
I wanted to know everything about this, right? Um, I, and he started telling us how he did it. And, and he said, the body is like water. He said, I'm not cutting the skin. I'm not tearing the skin. What I'm doing is, is, that, is that just like when you put your hand in a bucket of water, the water forms around your hand. He said, that's what's happening. He said, I have spirit guides. I have seven spirit guides that are doctors that want to keep healing people. And they're using me to do it. He said, that's it. He said, I don't, I, he just closes his eyes and they direct, they, he kind of lets them take over and they pull out um, uh, the toxins. The toxins in the body uh, coagulate into a black, sort of a black jelly. It, it, it kind of holds together and he can, he can pull it out. Um, he has different techniques. I've seen him pull tumors out. He pulled, uh, I have a video of, he took a tumor out of my stomach. Uh, you I got a video of that. that was, huh? I said, you have a video of that. I do have a video. Wow. It's VHS. I, I've never, it's in my storage. All these VHS uh, of all these surgeries, I've never shown anybody. My I goodness. Mean, and, and there, you know, it needs to be transferred. I, look, I don't know that I'll ever even do that. But uh, Understood. I'm glad you didn't have like a Harvey Weinstein sort of moment with this gentleman. I don't know. What does that mean? Well, you know, he didn't take advantage of you when you went under that sort of thing. Uh, no, he's a he's a very spiritual man. Uh, Alex Rubito, in fact, in, told um, the people, his assistants, he said that David is part of my family now. And they came and told me, they said that when I came to the Philippines, he gathered them together. He said he had a meeting. He said, David Dees is coming and he, I want you to treat him like like he is my family because he is my family, right? And uh, and, he, and they said, they said, they looked, they told me this, and they said, I, we've never heard him say anything like this before. You know, so they were curious who I was. I go, I don't know who I am. You know, <laughs> Dave, I, David, how, how old were you at this time, by the way? How old was I? At this time. Well, that would have been 90, 92, so I would have been around 30, what, 33. Oh, okay. So, so this is a time in your life where I'm, I'm only guessing and assuming that you were sort of trying to discover who you were both as a person and maybe even spiritually. Is that is that fair to say? I wasn't really searching for myself spiritually. I was just trying to get by. You know, I mean, I had a full uh, platter with, with trying to be an illustrator in L.A., I was working for the uh, movie industry. You know, I had an agent. Uh, I was pulling down three, uh, six figures a year. Uh, you know, hundred. I was that was doing about one hundred fifty thousand a year in illustration, which is real good. I was a professional illustrator. You know, and, did you uh, work for Disney I, at one time, David? What's that? Did you work for Disney at one time? Many times. Well, no, I mean it's freelance. Uh, I did get a call one time. There was a woman that said, "I'm a talent scout for Disney, and I've seen your work, and I would be, you know, we'd be very interested if you would come in." And I said, "Well, what would that pay?" And then she said, "Well, starting probably eighty thousand. And I said, "I don't know. <laughs> I don't know." And because uh, I was already doing work for them, you know, I, I was doing the video covers and and uh, store displays. I was working for Paramount. I was Paramount's go-to guy for their video displays for a few years. Um, I did Beverly Hills Cop 2. I did Tales from the Dark Side. I did so many of these store displays with all sorts of, uh, you know, axes with blood on them or, you know, whatever whatever movie it was. I, look, I loved it. I mean, I was. what could be better? I was excited about movies and the fact that I was, uh, you know, able to, to – uh, to do all this. And then nineties, I ended up doing the, you know, uh, when computers came in and took away, cause I was illustrating realistically, they, they liked cause I could paint, you know, photographically, which is what they needed. But in nineties, the computer started and then suddenly everybody had Photoshop and didn't need me anymore. 
Mm. You know, and my, I, I was not, see, that's why, that's why I made uh, so much money in the 80s. Everybody really did, though. Everybody was pretty rich in the 80s. But in the 90s, I got real broke, real fast. Yeah, you were able to cash <laughs> in then, which is good. <laughs> yeah, so then I started doing um, uh, children's uh, uh, illustration. I did, I did, I worked for Sesame Street for 13 years, uh, Sesame Street magazine, and I did six books and, and was in every magazine for 13 years. So I, I did a lot of Cookie Monsters, a lot of Big Bird, a lot of Elmo, and uh, and also did uh, uh, Bugs Bunny. I did stuff for Warner Brothers. You know, I did. Uh, I had the uh, Hanna Barbera account. I did Flintstones. You know, I, I could draw. I mean, it, actually, they didn't even use me to draw. They had the guys to draw. They wanted me to paint. They liked my painting technique. So not many people could paint like I could. Definitely. And when did this all sort of? go away for you these jobs what exactly happened david where they got so angry at you <laughs> i got blacklisted that's right well it, it was it was both sides i mean i uh, okay so let's see how this went um were you being a bad boy david no never um i, uh, I was a uh, okay so it was 9 11 okay so that put us at 2001 uh, okay 2001 9 11 happened you know and i was not awake to you know, I, I wasn't, I was going to a lot of UFO conventions. Okay. And, uh, um, what's the guy's name that, uh, anyway, which one? Don't worry. Think. Well, the, 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 um, the did behold a pale horse, that book. Remember, uh, um, he, he was a military guy that exposed a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, yes. Horse. You're talking about William Cooper. William Cooper. Okay. William Cooper, uh, around 1991, 90 or maybe 90, 91. Um, people knew I was on UFOs and stuff. Well, uh, a 26 page uh, uh, typed out Xerox copy of one of the chapters of that book was before the book came out was uh, from William Cooper and uh, Bill Cooper. And, and uh, it told all about how the uh, U.S. government has underground uh, bases and is infiltrated with gray aliens and all sorts of aliens. And, and they have, uh, you know, they went into detail about that the government that you see is not uh, the real government. That right. There's a secret government. So, so in a sense, you know, I was woke up to the secret, the fact that there was, uh, that the, our government was being run by uh, very uh, bizarre circumstances real early. And uh, so, so I started going to UFO conventions and stuff and, and uh, found out about the, um, these uh, abductions where they would, um, you know, impregnate the women and, uh, and then re-abduct them and take the baby out. You know, and then and then abduct them and show them the baby. They were doing hybrids. I mean, it was just bizarro world. I was I was uh, and I loved it. And I and I would go to one of my design studios I worked for, and I would always, uh, you know, show them the William Cooper uh, information, and and they loved it too. And, and I'm still friends with all those people. They were Scientologists, by the way. They they really are into the space opera. They they love planets and all. But the funny thing is, is I'll tell you right now, uh, when the flat Earth. Uh, the story hit about three years ago, you know, it landed in my YouTube. I went right for it. And I said, I'm going to, I want to find out. I, I, I didn't think it was a joke. Yeah, You went all in. Well, I, I started studying it and, I, and I'm not a dummy. I, I mean, I, I uh, understand uh, information. I know how to um, figure it out. And so, it, but it took me five months of, of uh, research before I finally came out of the closet and said, okay, it's flat. The only sticking point was how, how is it possible that a, a sun could go down like on a, on an ocean, how could it go below the, the, the horizon line? 
I mean, that, that seems impossible on, on a flat Earth, right? Well, it's uh, atmospheric lensing. It's the humidity in the air acts as a magnifying glass. That's it. That's all. So, I mean, when you look through a, a glass of uh, water that, in, a, you know, in, a, in, a, in a bottle, you see how it magnifies. Imagine it's going through hundreds of miles of water. So uh, that's why you see the sun in different sizes. I mean, I, I remember when I was in uh, Colorado, uh, you know, back in the 70s, I remember a sun going down. It just went to a pinpoint. It depends on how much humidity is in the air. So, and if it's over an ocean, that's a lot of humidity. That's why, that's why you get these giant suns, you know, that go down. Uh, yeah. So, so in the flat earth model, um, for, for you that, that aren't unaware of the flat earth, um, yeah, we're not on a globe. Uh, Copernicus in the 1600s was a Freemason that invented the, the whole globe model, and they pushed it. And and I, you know, if you, I just found this uh, passage from Bibles that uh, they were written in, uh, they were, you know, from the 1500s, where they actually have the words flat Earth in it. So you know, they edited all that out. You know, that's why you get so many different uh, Bibles. Is that uh, you know, everybody had their hand in to, to just cut out and, and create whatever they wanted. Why would they do it? Why would they ever? you know, convince you that it's a globe instead of a flat earth. Because once you see that it's a flat earth that has a dome over it, that you're in a realm, you immediately know that this was created. And what the globe does is that it takes you out of that. It, that's what created so many atheists, is that, you know, now you're a speck in the infinite universe that's just randomly, you know, grew, you know, from a from a monkey. By the way, did you see the Netflix documentary Behind the Curve? Uh, no, I mean, I saw, I saw a clip of it, but it, it, it looked Not like interested. it was the opposing, uh, you know, it looked like the, it wasn't very pro flat earth. Oh, it was. Very, oh, it was. Pro flat. Oh, it was very much pro flat earth. Well, uh, with, the, with a slant, sometimes they'll give you truth and then they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll keep you, but you know, uh, we're flat and stationary and, uh, there's a, there's a dome over us and the Antarctica is a 200 foot ice wall that surrounds us. That is now a military, uh, you know, you, you can't go there uh, unescorted, um, you know, and, and 80, what is it, 85 countries signed on to the treaty in 1957 of uh, the Antarctica Treaty where, you know, no one can go there and, and just, you know, investigate. So um, right away, that should tell you something. I, I definitely that, want you to see the documentary. You'll like it. Trust me. Okay. Yeah, you'll like it. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I've seen them all. I, I, I've watched everyone I could find, and now Google has changed all that. Where you know, if you uh, it, they never they never offer you flat Earth videos anymore. It's damage control. By they the, really shut it down. By the you, way, you, um, David, I got to ask you this. We do have a question in the chat room from one Richard. He's asking, "Does David know about the dancing Israelis?" Oh, sure. Yeah, I have that on, on one of my sheeple. That's true. Uh, yeah, you did. One of my sheeples. Uh, it's on the cover of. Uh, Talking about a nine eleven, yeah. That's yeah, right. That's right. And of course, um, I have to bring up the whole Gawker article that they wrote about you. Who did you piss off, by the way? I'm curious. Well, you know, Gawker came in, and uh, I forget if if it was a written interview or if it was on the phone. It might have been on the phone. But man, she was so nice and so a fan. Oh, she had so much nice things to say to me about my art and everything. And I was going, this is great. You know, I thought this was going to be a real hit piece, but it didn't seem like it. But, you know, once you got near her boss, you know, she, she, uh, 
they got together and they did a pretty big hit piece on that's what happens yeah i was reading that and i'm thinking oh man they are really going in on david here yeah i don't care well i mean you're no stranger to controversy a lot of your illustrations have caused many issues even with the other boys in blue and i don't even want to say who those people are but you've caused plenty of trouble with with those boys and to be honest with you they've kind of gone after me uh, very slightly for some of the people I've brought on here too. Are you talking about the star people? I am talking about the star people. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? The fight with me and the star people is over because I raised my frequency. Um, I, we'll go into that, I guess a little bit. As coming we continue. Up, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, I went through uh, the times of Israel. Uh, the ADL had a page on their website about me uh, uh, under extremists. And uh, they talked about me in detail. I mean, I it's can't believe like it. They might well just put my phone number and, and home address on there. They they basically called out their you know people to come and get me. And uh, I had a I had a very very bad uh, time there for a few years. I so agree. They, you got them very very angry, and they dedicated their time to you. Yeah, in fact, the Times of Israel did an article about uh, you know there was a, a German a school uh, book maker that approached me uh, years ago and they wanted to use an illustration for, for a school textbook. And, you know, I forget what I charge, not much. And, and they put it in there and uh, it was in there for seven, six, seven years. And no one noticed a thing. I, I don't know. Uh, and they suddenly discovered that they were in this little type, this little text in there. I, I called out the Rothschilds and, and uh, pointed out that the, with the Euro that they're gobbling up uh, countries in Europe. You know, with a Pac-Man, that's what it was. It was a Pac-Man that was gobbling up Europe. And uh, what they didn't see is that the, the the speed lines behind it said Rothschild family. <laughs> My goodness. So everything's cool with them, though. They're not going after you currently. The only issue I had with them was when I was bringing on Jim Fetzer, my boy, my boy, Jim Fetzer, big Jim Fetzer, by the way. And uh, they were kind of angry. They kind of went uh, to YouTube and and cried wolf a little bit. And so did one of the parents. I won't say who or which one, but you know who they are, the parents of the Sandy Hook shooting, by the way. They kind of um, sort of told the line and kind of went after me very slightly as well, which was not very nice. Caused me a bit of a headache, but all is well and fine. Yeah, well, they did way more than that to me. I know. I don't yeah, talk you, about they got real mad at you. I ended up moving, you know, um, in t- after 2001, after 9-11, um, was when the whole Planet X thing came in, right? And so right. I started listening to a lot of information about Planet X is coming in and it's going to cause the end of the world. You know, it's going to cause a pole shift. And uh, you don't want to be in a city because, you know, you're not going to have any food and everybody's going to go crazy and it's going to be an insane world. You know, so you got to – so I had to leave L.A. So I go, well, where am I going to move? I got to I gotta move to a safe place, you know. So I drove over to Wyoming and I looked there and I looked in Colorado and I said, oh, I just can't do this. I can't move here. I mean, after living in Hollywood for 20 years, you know, I'm going to move to Wyoming. It was it was really upsetting. So then I had the brilliant idea. I said, you know what? I'm going to move to Europe. I'm going to move to Sweden. Originally, it was Norway, but uh, if you look on a map, all the big cities are on the coast of Norway. In the middle, it's just mountains. So, But in Sweden, they had this one uh, city right in the center, and it was high enough elevation, and it was uh, it was safe, right? And so called up my Swedish friend and told him the whole story. He said, well, look, I don't believe in Planet X, but I believe in you, so I'll bring you. you know." So he, he pulled all the, the strings, and he, they brought me in, and I lived, ended up living in Sweden for nine years. 
Wow. Uh, the pole shift didn't happen. Right. Uh, and so my my goal was is if the pole shift doesn't happen, then I'm in Sweden. Right. Imagine I was in Wyoming. By the way, David, at the time, early like 2008, 2010, 11, all that. At that time, you really did think something was going to happen. Correct. Well, I, I moved. I moved to Sweden in 2003. 2006 was when I did my first political art. Um, and the game changer. Uh, yes. No, I, didn't, I had no attention on Planet X after it didn't happen. I mean, they, they floated this date and then it didn't happen. And, and I, I kept my eye on it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't think much about it. I didn't feel uh, like it was going to happen. Um, but uh, I stayed in Sweden. And, 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 and so that's when, uh, you know, all hell broke loose for me because, you know, they're not shy in Sweden. I mean, I was just 100 miles north of Germany. And uh, and they knew who I was. And here I was doing interviews, you know, about all this art that, you know, was exposing the star people and all these different, uh, you know, the capital H and all these things. And, uh, you know, which is real bad for your health, real bad. So, um, yeah, I went through that. But, hey, I don't I don't uh, I don't do that anymore. And, and look, I, they love me so much. I know they love me because they let me live. They did. <laughs> so, they did. They let me. They didn't kill me. They wanted to. They wanted to do a lot of things to me, but it turns out that that uh, I had. I, well, okay. You really appreciate this. Okay. I'm glad you weren't whacked, though, David. I I got to be honest. Okay. It. Well. Uh, okay. In 2000, here's what happened. In 2000, <laughs> how much time we got? We got plenty of time. Go ahead. This is fantastic. Okay. See if you can even imagine this happening to you. Okay. So I wake up. No, I had no. This was 2009. Okay. I wake up. I go in the bathroom. I look in the mirror. You know. I had two. I had two cuts in my jaw. Two little incisions in my jaw. From those was this two lines of blood that went all the way down my chest and was dried. Okay, and I go. You know, I couldn't believe my eyes. I go, what? And I looked in the in the mirror at real close at these incisions, and they were about a quarter of an inch long, and they were black, and they were still uh, the skin had not even broken open yet, right? Um, and it was a massive amount of blood came out of these two, and it was dried dark, you know, all the way down my chest, right? So I had all this blood on my chest. It was dried. And then oh, if I only thought to get a camera and taking a picture, but I was upset, so upset by it, I jumped in the shower, washed it off, and I couldn't hardly touch where the incisions were. It was very, very sensitive. But I looked back in the mirror when I got out, and, and now they had opened up, and they were starting to swell up, and it didn't look anything like it. So I... I I went and I sat down working and stuff. And then suddenly about an hour later, I just kind of came to it. And I went, what is going on? I went back and looked at them again, got the camera, took the pictures, but it didn't look anything like, it, you know, what it should have looked like. That was the beginning. Well, the next year I had 13 episodes of Missing Time where I actually had time stamps where it was between three hours and 15 hours of Missing Time. <laughs> what do you think happened to you, David? What, did, were you... Um... Do you think with my memory erased? My memory yeah, was erased. I, was say, I, mean, did, I would wake. Did Go someone ahead. slip you a drug? What happened? No, no. It was so. Uh, what they were doing, uh, I later found out, was is that they were waking me up to the fact that I, I was a contactee. That's what this one lady told me. I don't know if it's true. My memory was wiped on it, but um, uh, it was so blatant. I mean, it was one uh, one episode where um, I was. Uh, it was Saturday night. And uh, I just got to this bar. I was going to drink and oh, yeah. party. I like that. And meet people. Okay. Huh? I said, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. I was going to drink and meet girls and right. have, you know, uh, meet people and stuff and just chat, you know, just chat, chat, chat. Well, yeah. 
and 11 o'clock, 11.30, which is when people really started coming in. I mean, this was a, the time to be there. Suddenly, I got this overwhelming urge to go outside. I walked outside. I walked right to the bus. I looked at the bus uh, time. I, I go, you know, and it seemed like the greatest thing to do was to just get on that bus and go home. I mean, you know, it didn't make any sense. And I looked and I go, okay, the bus is going to be here in 25 minutes. I go, well, but I can walk home in that. So I turn and I start walking, right? As I'm walking past the bar, down the street, um, and, and this was from hypnotism, I found this part out, was, is that uh, it, it just, at that point, it just cut, and I woke up in my bed the next morning. Wild. And uh, I, I had no memory, and, and here's the thing, is that I had no sense of time had passed. It, you know how when you wake up in the morning, you feel, you feel the night. You feel the you do. You dream. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was like, it was like. A minute ago, I was. It was Saturday night, and and uh, I had no sense of time had passed. It was like it was a, the yeah. It was like you're waking up with your pants on the next morning. It, and I found that I had cooked, and that I had been on the computer, and all oh, of wow. that memory was wiped out. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, here this was this was you know God, God knows what was happening. That, that also happens, David, when you take like three, four Xanaxes. <laughs> yeah, I have a good time doing that. Yeah, I did no drugs, and, and and when I drank, I only drank glasses of wine. So it wasn't it was I was no uh, alcoholic or anything. Well, but, when you uh, take when you take something like that, um, David, you you definitely wake up with an adventure that you didn't even know you had. I was having adventures one time. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, I, I was up working late, and it was at four o'clock in the morning. I I go, oh, I'm so tired. I go and I lay down, go to sleep. I wake up two hours later. I look at the, over the clock. It's six o'clock. I'm wide awake, right? And I go. I guess I need to get up. I, I go, I can't imagine why I can get, I get up and I go in there and wait for the sun to come up. Sun doesn't come up. Turns out it was, it was the next day, six o'clock. Wow. I lost 15 hours. <laughs> I lost 15 hours. I have no clue what happened. So, um, so I was, um, uh, my friend who was, uh, uh her name's Nancy leader. She has zetatalk.com. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah. I, I know who that is. Yeah, I'm friends with her, and I was a big fan of, of, you know, that was the pole shift site. So, you know, I would call her and ask her, and she would ask her contacts about what was going on. And she said, oh, yeah, you're a contactee, but plus you've got the government after you, right? And she said, but you're being protected by this other alien group that was chosen for you. And I go, well, who are they? What? You know, because I had a really good feeling about it. They they felt, you know, I my, my missing time, um, while sometimes it was upsetting, you know, if you told me that that they were outside, I would have been I would have run out because I, they were friends of mine. That's what I, that's how I that's how I felt about it was. Um, she said she said you have a, a group that, that was picked just for you that uh, because you're a uh, your service to others. You know, the, they they have a you know their service to self people and their service to others. That's you're very service to others, and so you were. Sort of elite in that sense, and they uh, they picked the you know you you were you were you were protected. She so said you, you were very protected. So David, you definitely wholeheartedly believe that you were abducted. Oh yeah, I went in and I had three sessions of hypnosis. I was gonna uh, yeah, I was just gonna suggest that. Yeah, one, uh, but it was so expensive, uh, and plus uh, when I actually got to the point where I was getting ready to find out, I got so anxious and highly uh, agitated by it, is that I stopped the session. Um, but I will tell you is that, uh, um, I had a three hour missing time. Uh, it was on a, it was on a night when I was in town. Uh, I went with a friend and we had pizza and we had a timestamp as we were leaving this pizza place that closed at three. They were locking the doors, said good night. I'd say good night to her. 
I walked home, took 25 minutes. Um, it, it, so it would put me at home at 3.30. As soon as I got in uh, the, the door, I had this overwhelming urge to call somebody uh, in uh, America. So I, I looked in my book and I picked out a friend, called him in LA, and he said, first thing he said was, wow, you call me from Sweden, what time is it? I looked on my computer and I said, it's 6.30. <laughs> and so right there, I knew I, I, I didn't realize it at the time, see, because uh, it wasn't until the next day I realized that I had three hours of missing time. For but, sure, and David, I gotta ask you, uh, you you definitely didn't have any kind of a probing happen to you, right? <laughs> I don't know. This is an important no, question here. That. It, it was it wasn't uh, I wasn't experimented on. It was more okay. Good. The only, good. The good. only memory that I have that is strong and, and, and is very validated when I think about it. Because when I think about it, it I can tell now that it's real. I was in a room, a round room, sitting on the floor with about. 20 or 30 other people and they were sitting in a circle and, uh, and, and in the center was something they were showing us. They were showing us something kind of holographic, I think. Uh, um, and, uh, later when I said, what was all this about and what is this? And, and, uh, they said in my mind, they said, uh, well, when the time is right, all the information will be available to you. So I got taught something, but I will say is during this time and I didn't put it together till later was, is that, um, uh, on Facebook, I had this uh, another overwhelming urge about tree houses. Suddenly, I was fascinated by tree houses, and I went, um, uh, you know, searching on uh, Google and, and and just was insatiable appetite for looking at pictures of tree houses from every country. And and I, I ended up putting together five five thousand photographs on Facebook. Uh, they're still there of all these albums of uh, all these different tree houses. And David, how old were you now at this point? I need a timeline here. Well, see, that would have been 2009. So oh, okay. Uh, Not too see. long ago then. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Not so too long. 53. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 52, 52. All right, continue. Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, but now I find uh, we'll eventually get to this other story um, is why the tree houses. Because I, I didn't, didn't ever, I, 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 look, I had no clue about any of this stuff happening. I feel like I was in the middle of, of good and evil, you know. On the one hand, I had the government after me. On the other hand, I had these these great alien friends that were abducting me. <laughs> so I was, and and I was doing the uh, com the political art. So yeah, but but David, actually, now that you mentioned it, how did you stumble across the whole political uh, realm in your artwork? Well, uh, Rinse dot com uh, would put uh, a what they call a splash uh, when it, it, he. Jeff Rince calls it like the cover of a magazine. The first thing you see is this big image that, you know, and it was right. kind of the early memes back in 2006. Um, and, and so I just said to myself, uh, one day I would like to, you know, maybe do some art for that. That'd be cool. So when I, I saw an article one time called World War W talking about all the money that the Bush family has made, you know, there's four generations of war profiteering going on there, you know. Um, so I, I did an illustration. In fact, I put that illustration in my new book. Um, you'll, you'll see it if you, if you buy my new book, uh, volume four. Um, that's, that started it. And, uh, and it, I got such feedback and, and so much uh, praise for it. I mean, I was hooked instantly. So I, I, uh, he, he just said, it's all yours, whatever you want to put up. And then every four days I would just come up with something else. And so I end up uh, doing to date, probably over 700 pieces. That's pretty so. crazy. Yeah. You've done a lot of uh, great work. And as I mentioned earlier, your illustrations have caused a bit of a turmoil for us some people. Uh, for who? For a lot of, a lot of these groups out here. 
What, what, what do you mean exactly? I mean, which groups are you talking about? You can go, you can tell me. Well, all the groups that we've been talking about, I'm just saying your, your artwork has really offended uh, a lot of these folks out here. Well, I, you know, I was putting together forensic studies, you know, I don't just, uh, just poke fun at them. I also, uh, you know, I, I, uh, make a, make a very valid point. And these, uh, these, these get passed around. I mean, they're very dangerous. What, I, what I do. I mean, I, I can change uh, somebody's opinion real fast with the way I can, uh, with my background in advertising, you know, that's all we did was propaganda. Well, that's you know, right. We were- well, that's the psychological aspect. That's why I said the turmoil that you, you definitely cause for some of these folks is it's quite, well, in my opinion, it's quite, quite fantastic. But that's, that's me personally speaking. I, I enjoy that sort of thing, getting that reaction out of someone. I, I'm a bit of a prankster myself. You have to understand. I, I like uh, ribbing people and uh, joking around uh, pretty often. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, uh, I was using uh, humor uh, in my illustrations to right. kind of pull you in. But, you know, a lot of these were very uh, serious um, allegations I was making. And I was exposing also all the poisoning. It, you know, it, it's pretty crazy when you got a government that's poisoning you. That's you true. Know, put, putting poison in your water and your food and, and spraying you with chemicals. Holy smokes. I mean, what are we looking at here? This is a cartoonish evil that, that's, you know, I mean... But now I understand it. Now I now I know now I know what's happening. You know, um, it's, I had this thought the other day. I go, you know, now that I'm getting older, at least the one thing I, I can never be accused of is sit, sitting on the sideline. Thank you. <laughs> you well, know? that's very true. You're right about that. And are you ever afraid that you might become, let's say, like sort of like a Charlie Hebdo? Oh no, no. Well, I'm out of it now. I'm I'm retired from the political art. I mean, oh, I still right. do a few things for rents, but I won't even do the things that he suggests. You know, I mean, I, 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 uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't offend anybody anymore. Yeah, that's the, yeah, let, let's um, tell the audience that now, now that we are here in this present time, that you no longer are doing the whole political satire illustrations anymore. No, but I mean, everything I did is evergreen. I mean, all the all the things that I illustrated from the beginning are still happening. So it's not like, you know, it's outdated. In fact, uh, this new book I have has got 112 uh, full-page uh, color illustrations in it. And uh, most of them, at least half of them or more, are from uh, the uh, – I went back into the archives and pulled out all the original illustrations and revamped them and brought them up to date. So, you know. Yeah, your work uh, is – And also, mm-hmm. it, you know, Sheeple Magazine is a thing I sort of invented. And, and the Sheeple Magazine has got 53 different uh, – you know, it's it was it's been going since 2011 – six times a year. And so, you know, there's 53 covers and I put them all in the book. So it's, it's really a, an archive of Sheeple magazine, which I'm really proud of. And I, I think Sheeple magazine is one of the most hard hitting and funniest things that you can ever see. It really is. And where can people find your books? Oh, in my website, uh, it's uh, my name, which is D's, but it's D my initial D and then D's. So it's ddscom yeah, go to the bookstore. In fact, I'm running a half price special because uh, I'm printing a, a you know book four right now, and I need the money to to pay the printer coming up in two weeks. So, yes. I, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, if you are listening to the sound of my voice and the sound of David D's voice as well, if huh. you are compelled by his artwork and want to bring home something that would have your friends and everyone else pretty envious of your um of of this great coffee table book definitely 
purchase it, go to ddees.com. That's D-D-E-E-S.com. And you too can own this fabulous book. And right now I actually have a picture of um, the Bush family here. And of course it says, I love Molik. Let's orgy. <laughs> You're talking about the Bohemian Grove piece where Bush Correct. is the, uh, the marshmallows. I love that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's a behind them. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, uh, you'll just have to go and take a look. Oh, do you have that link that, that they could click on? They can see that. Oh, they're seeing they it right see. now in the chat room. Oh, okay. Let's see. Let me pull that up because uh, we can scroll through it and I can talk to you about some of these yeah. if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. And, and once you do that, definitely hit mute or stop. Or actually, yeah, just hit mute, by the way. So that way there's no terrible echo and kills everyone out there. What would that be from? Oh, I see. Because I'm I'm looking at this page. That's uh, your page. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh well. Do you need a link there? Um, I was going to go and look at the link that I had on my page uh, to the rents. You know, that had the, the illustrations on it. You know what oh, I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Now I do. Yes, that link. Okay, yeah. That's that's where I want to go. Okay, we can I do wanna, that. Okay. No worries. Uh, also, tell your audience uh, how they can get there, and we can look at it together if you want. Yeah, that'd be great, too. Pulling up that link now for everyone else. By the way, I'll, I'll send that link in the chat room for those that are in there. That's where you can follow along. And uh, those listening uh, to this in the future, don't worry. We'll try to uh, describe all of these images. And, you know, the very first image that pops up is sort of like... It says, you are now entering America. And that photo right there has been everywhere, by the way, David. It's been plastered all over every alternative media website I could even think of. You know, this is a revision from the original because it used to be a lot of chemtrails in the background. Now I've got Aurora Borealis coming out uh, and with the uh, matrix uh, numbers uh, raining down. Um, but people are, are driving in, into a concentration camp uh, with, with wire uh, on the freeway and they're just driving in um, and I'll tell you, I'll decode this for you because everything is uh, number coded heavily in this matrix that we're, we're in is that it says North 144 exit. That means the 144, look, I'm no big fan of the Bible, but this 144 is a, is a big number for the exit of the living souls from this uh, matrix that we're in. So that's what it means. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. It is amazing. It is. And it, the sign that says, with those with no chip, go to the right lane. You know, I mean, uh, if you look at my illustrations, you can see that they really are way into uh, transhumanism. They really want you to take the chip and want you to be connected to the Internet in your head. You know, you can be sure that if, if you agree to these things that, you know, the control is just going to disconnect you from any sense of source. And I'll say it's already happening. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you, you ask about my religious uh, background and stuff. I'll say this. Is go that, ahead. Yeah. I don't believe in God because God, uh, God uh, in, in the Christian Bible is a, a jealous, uh, angry and causes a lot of wars. I mean, this a character named God is uh, he, he, did, he didn't want you to worship anybody else. He, you had to, you got to worship him. You got you know, you got to do a lot of things or, you know, you'll burn, you'll be judged, all these things. OK, I'm not into that. OK, I'm into source. Source energy is pure high frequency, non-physical you know, the infinite intelligence of the universe. That's who we're into. That's who created all this. Not not this uh, angry uh, God that's in the Bible. Not the God of the Bible is what you're saying. But you believe in a God, a, a source, uh, something that isn't exactly described to mortal men in, in any book, right? Is that what you're saying? 
Well, I don't ever use the word God uh, for, for a source. Uh, people like to interchange, and I go, well, but God is not source. Source is only high frequency, only high frequency. So, And we're only high frequency. We're infinite beings that are in these uh, this heavy density of, you know, matrix, this this uh, this physical three-dimensional world, right? But but we're this is temporary. We're infinite beings, and uh, they didn't just you weren't just created and left out here just to flop around on your own. What I discovered through the teachings of Abraham Hicks, uh, if you know about Abraham Hicks, uh, that's Esther Hicks, and and she uh, she talks about the teachings of Abraham. Now, Abraham is source energy, that uh, a group of source energy beings that, that talk through her, and they give her all this information. And, and what, what they're saying is this. I listen to this religiously uh, uh, all the time. Every day, I listen to Abraham. Go to YouTube and type in Abraham Hicks. It's Esther Hicks. It's a woman. And um, it's in her voice. She doesn't do a funny voice. She just simply um, is, is interpreting the thoughts that they're giving her, right? And... Um, I've had a little bit of that telepathic. Uh, I've, I've had really paranormal experiences start happening now that I start raising my frequency. Because as soon as you uh, start to meditate and you start to realize which thoughts are yours and which thoughts are incoming, you can see that, that you're being sent information. And um, when I had those missing times uh, in uh, Sweden, right. one, of them, one of them was so extreme this is one, uh, I don't want to go into detail, but I, I just had a terrible experience in town with, you know, I got hit with an energy weapon or something that oh, no. caused, oh, it, it was terrible. And, and uh, so I, I was, uh, it was, it was, it was late. It was, I was in a park. I was on a park bench, I had my head down. I was miserable and I wanted out. I wanted out. Never had a feeling like that. You know, I wanted out so bad. I wanted out of Sweden. I wanted out of off this, you know, what I thought was a planet. I want off the planet. I want out. I want out. Well, what happened was, is that I came out of my body and I went up to the trees and See? I looked down. Oh wow! And, and now, I'm in, now I'm in white space. I remember this perfectly. I was in white space, and and but wherever I put my attention, it would just open up. Do you know how clouds in these movies they open up and you can see through them? You know, right? It, it, yeah. So but I put my attention, I put my attention, I could see me, my body down there, you know, with my head down. Right. And, 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 but then I took my attention off. I looked towards town and I could see, I could see the lights, you know, if I put my attention, it would just be white until I put my attention there, it would open up. Right. And I had the thought that I can go anywhere I want now, but I can't leave because my body's down there. It's kind of like your dog outside of a store or something, you know, I can't, <laughs> I'm responsible for this body. I'm That's not going right. to just take off. Right. So. Um, and then they start talking to me. I didn't hear any sound, but then they in, uh, telepathically, I, they start talking to me. And they talked to me a lot. But the only thing that I could remember, this is the one thing I remember I took from all that, was that they were saying is that you're getting a lot of information that you're simply ignoring or you're, think, you're being too analytical, you know, you're being too logical, but you are getting a lot of information, that, you know. So that's the one. And it's true, is we all are. You know, it's uh, it, they call it intuition, but you are getting uh, your when you connect with source, all your goals, anything you want, anything you want to have happen. If you put your attention on it, source will um, give you the urges and, and put you with the people. All your dreams will come true. It's incredible. But you have to raise your frequency to be in the receiving mode. The only way you can receive the information is you have to go up to their level. You have to be happy. You've got to be cheerful which I was so uncheerful. Trust me. I mean, look, I mean, I'm getting hit by the government. 
I had all hell breaking loose. I was anything but cheerful. So I was not anywhere near being able to receive at that point, but still I, it was coming through because, you know, eventually I, I, now that I, now I'm having really paranormal experiences that, you know, now we're coming up at the present time. I got real stories now. I mean, yeah, all we'll, that stuff with missing time is we'll, one thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll, def, we'll definitely get into that in a second here. But in terms of, you know, like hearing, well, I shouldn't say hearing, but in terms of, I guess you could say channeling and getting these sort of uh, downloads of information, uh, did you ever maybe think perhaps this isn't exactly maybe from some higher divine sort of entity. Maybe it might be even from someone who was messing around with you, David. Maybe it was a government sort of entity that was messing with your mind, David. Did you ever think of that possible? I had that happen. In fact, it was mm-hmm. recently that I, I, uh, I, I had a, a communication come through my head for about an hour. I couldn't even get rid of it. Um, it was, and they were saying, um, it, it almost seemed like that I was up on a, in a control room that, that, that I was being communicated to by a military base. And they were saying that I had all the latest implants and they were impressed. And they were saying that, that, uh, I could have gone to Ecuador, but, but you're going to lose a lot of your stuff. But you're, you know, if you're going to stay here uh, in America, they were saying that, that, uh, you know, you're going to have to go along, you're going to go along to get along, you know? Um, and, and that, uh, we like the, Oh, the other thing was they kept saying, we really like you. We like, you, you know, we don't want to hurt you. They didn't say that, but that's the implication was that we really like you. We want you to go along. And they were implying, I think that, that they wanted me to go on to work with them or something. I don't know what it was, but thank God it stopped because I was walking around my yard going, this will not go away. It's it, it, when I put my attention off of it, it was still going on in my head. It lasted about an hour. And then yeah. See, when you're telling me that, that reminds me of all these articles that I've read online about uh, this thing called a uh, voice to skull, these sort of uh, devices for electronic harassment that apparently has been going on since the early seventies, uh, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, look, I mean, uh, I am number, I'm candidate number one for being implanted and uh, tortured and, and uh, you know, made a government, uh, you know, entity because uh, of, of the art that I did and I, you know, that I signed my name to. You know, That's the- when, when I hear that coming from you, David, I've heard other things of that nature come from other individuals. But when it comes from you, though, David, there's a sense of legitimacy in what you're saying because of the people you've basically kept around you your entire life and it, you have been around some pretty wild stuff that we we can't even talk about here on the air. What do you mean? Well, there's different political figures you've been around. Uh, what do you mean? Which political figures have I been around? I mean, uh, you... Well, I mean, mean? let's give an example like Ron Paul, for instance. You know, when you have people around, because if I remember correctly, even he's seen some of your artwork. I met Ron Paul. Yeah, I met Ron Paul at the Anarcha Polco, which was in Mexico. And uh, he uh, signed my book and I showed him the art of my book. And he said, oh, yeah, I've seen that one. I've seen that one. I've seen that. Oh, well, I haven't seen that one. And so he's just staring at it. You know, it was so fun. He was very sweet. He's a very nice man. Yeah, you never uh, exactly know who. Yeah, you'll you'll never exactly know who for sure views your artwork, but it's been out there, David. Yeah, it circulates heavily through the internet. Millions, right, right. if not billions, of people have seen the work. You know, I don't know that they know who I am, but my the, the work that I did. Uh, some of it has gone so viral, uh, and for many years, I mean, it continues to circulate, and so. Yeah, I mean, as an artist, you know, I think back when I was sixteen or something, and I did a painting, I put it on the wall. You know, you you get real excited. You want somebody to come and look at it. You want to stand next to them and say, "What do you think? What do you think?" You know, 
And so, I mean, the, the idea that I did so much work that uh, was viewed and, and uh, so favorably uh, by so many people is, uh, you know, it, it's certainly one of my goals. Uh, this was this was a goal. I mean, but um, and to be called the Norman Rockwell of the truth movement, you know, that sort of thing, which is, is true. I mean, uh, the, the uh, I was inspired by Norman Rockwell from the beginning. I, I, I studied his work and, and uh, I never met. I can't draw or paint like him, but uh, I certainly was able to throw together political concepts uh, using uh, humor. It's similar Definitely. to he did, what he did. I wasn't trying to do that, but I just did it the best way I could to, to illustrate, you know, these concepts. And people liked it. People, people love it, David. It. Yeah, people love your artwork. And David, why exactly did you stop with the political art exactly? Well, what's happened is, is that um, once I discovered Abraham Hicks and stuff and, and – uh, and I learned about raising my frequency. Now, raising your free, uh, when I say frequency, just think emotions. Okay. So uh, at the time, I was drinking a lot of wine on the weekends and kind of miserable and stuff, and you know, angry. And in fact, uh, maybe the anger was fueled in a lot of the art. Um, and so I, w- once I said, uh, found out about uh, that you can contact source. You can you can have source energy um, available to you if you just uh, be happy. And so I go, well, how am I going to be happy? What, what does it take to raise your frequency? And, and so I, I went on the net and I said, how do you raise your frequency? And I, I, I a whole list of ways, you know, you, well, first thing, you got to get your body clean. You got to clean your body up. You got to eat really clean food. You got to get out the chemicals. You got to drink a lot of water. You know, you got to feel vibrant, you know, physically before you can even start to work on your mental aspect of it all, your emotions. But you, you, you have to exercise. You got to get these body working because you can't be, um, you, you really, you know, you get the idea. So yeah, you got to exercise. You can't become a, a, uh, diabetic victim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had a terrible diet. You know, I was eating a lot of meat. I was eating, uh, you know, um, boy. And as soon as I read that, everything stopped. I completely stopped all alcohol, all meat, I, everything. I completely changed. Wow. Completely. So no, so you don't eat meat at all anymore. You're just straight vegan then. Not vegan. I, I have butter and uh, oh, okay. cheese. I'm uh, pretty addicted to cheese. Um, I don't I blame you. I don't blame you though. But, it's pretty hard to kick. Yeah, I give. I just uh, bought some meat on sale for for my cats, and I, you know, last night when I was cutting it up for them, I went, mm, "This looks pretty good." How many cats do you have, David? What's that? How many cats do you have? I have three. I knew it. Well, the reason I have three is that my landlord said that's my limit. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I signed a contract. Um, but I do have eight, uh, free range rabbits, rabbits. Okay. That's a new one. Yeah. I don't I, hear too I, many I people say that maybe rabbit, uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, and now I've, on my half acre, I have, uh, rabbits that run around uh, today. Today I looked out my window and four of my rabbits were right there uh, through my window. And it was so fun to watch them because it, they got a whole society going out there. They got a whole, you know, um, Who's, who's dominant, and, and uh, it's funny to watch him. That's very yeah. nice. And by the way, David, uh, just just to um, to um, catch up with the uh, chat room here, I do have a photograph now of the next photograph of a sheep there, and he's looking at television screens, and he's got the remote control, and he's wearing a NASA ring. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Behind him, it's sheeple. That's the fir- um, sheeple number one. That was the first sheeple. Oh, okay. uh, this is the first one. In 2011, yeah. And it's uh, behind him is all these TV screens, and you've got uh, NASA, you've got the man on the moon walking, you've got the, the, the moon buggy where they were driving on the moon. It's all insane. It's all fake. It's all fake. 
promise you. I love that. Yeah, you know, you need to talk to a a gentleman that I've had on the show. His name is Randy Walsh. He has a book called The Apollo Mission or The Apollo Moon Missions, rather, Hiding a Hoax in Plain Sight. I would definitely recommend that book to you. Yeah, and and I also have the the, uh, ISS, which is the International Space Station. It should be the International Fake Station. If you go on uh, YouTube and just type in uh, ISS, uh, you know, fails or hoax or whatever, you'll see that it's all done with CGI. It's done with wires. It's done, you know, uh, underwater. Uh, they're spacewalks. You know, it's funny is that is that if you you know, uh, China has their own space program, and That's so true. they yeah. they did spacewalks too. And but they're not near as good as Hollywood, you know, or or, or NASA. Uh, and so they got bubbles coming up, and it's it's just it's just laughable. It's just it's cartoon. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so, you know, you can almost tell somebody that that. Uh, if you say that NASA's fake, they go, oh, I don't know about that. I go, oh, China's fake. Oh, I, I, I would believe that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's all fake. It's all fake to convince you that, that you're on a, uh, on a spinning ball that's racing through a vacuum. But, you know, I just got commissioned by a client in, uh, in England that uh, he said, I want to commission you to do a flat earth illustrated book. Oh. And so, oh, boy. Interesting. Oh, boy. Looking forward to that. Because I can do a, I can do a, a full debate almost now, probably. You know, I, I, I'm pretty good at it. I mean, I haven't never tried it, but I, I know a lot of good points. I can make a lot of good points. For instance, you know, if you know anything about the solar system, uh, they say that Mercury and Venus are the closest to the sun. The sun is supposed to be 93 million miles away, okay? Well, Mercury is the closest to the sun. It's 48 million miles away, okay? Uh, by the way, uh, Mercury and Venus are in our night sky. How does that work? If 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 they are between us and the sun, how are they in, in our night sky? That's impossible. So right away you've got you've got things that are impossible that no one ever knew about. So that proves flat Earth right there. I mean, it proves that it's not a globe. Amazing. And now we have the next photograph up in the chat room or on the website if you're there. It's the child next to the 5G tower, and of course the next uh, photograph is of. Harry Potter. Yeah, it's government school. It's a sheeple. It says government schools agenda to destroy religious morals and spirituality. Um, yeah, they made uh, prayer in schools. Uh, I'm not saying that that, that, um, that you should be able to pray, you know, during the class. I think I remember when I was a kid that we actually did do some of that. And But I was not against it. But I can see how somebody would be. Right. Maybe it's not your religion. So. But, you know, they go the other way. They're going to they're gonna teach you Harry Potter, which is witchcraft, you know. They're going to teach you Satanism. They're going to teach you science, which is even worse, because science completely neglects, you know, the, the fourth dimension, fifth dimension. It's all the third dimension. It's all physical. It's all only if you can see it or taste it or touch it. You David, know, it's you all didn't, D- David, have you ever seen a Harry Potter movie? Uh, probably a little bit of it, but it was unwatchable to me. I mean, it's not so bad, but yeah, it's it's pretty awful and in the in the in the right context. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just bad acting. I mean, I, <laughs> I agree though; it is pretty terrible. I didn't see it sober, but I agree, it's pretty awful. <laughs> My favorite uh, movie all, of all time was Blade Runner. Blade Runner, nice. Okay, I think Blade Runner is uh, is a is a masterpiece. Did you see the new version of Blade Runner? Oh, it's terrible. I that agree. Was it was it stunk on oh, ice, it, right? The only thing about the new, because uh, I went and saw the new, you know, it was there was a scene where the, the main character, I forget his name, but he goes, uh, he's looking for information because he's in the future. Uh, 
uh, past the the first Blade Runner. Yeah. And uh, he's looking for the Harrison Ford character, and he goes to this desk where he asks this guy uh, that uh, you know in the archives that he wants to find out about this guy. You know, gives a piece of paper, and he looks and he goes, "Oh, oh, that's uh, that might be tough to find because that was before the blackout, right?" And uh, and as he's walking back into the archives, he goes, "Yeah, my my mom lost all her photographs during the blackout. She was very upset about that." So this was I put that in my uh, my my third book. I included that little blurb because you know uh, they even had a Mountain Dew that was called Blackout. Did they? Oh yeah. Oh wow. And, and it was a black. Uh, you know, it was a a black uh, can with with uh, you know electricity on it. And so I go, "Hey, there." Here's what the elite these these parasitic elite do. They they when when they're going to do something, they they float uh, they they float clues to it, so they could feel like they told you it was going to happen, right? Like nine eleven. Remember nine eleven was in all the movies. We found out afterwards that every time they looked at their watch or you know nine eleven would line up. You know, yeah, it was, that was weird. It was, yeah, you know what I mean. I do. There was lots of uh, signs of nine eleven everywhere. Yeah, there was there's a compilation where where it was clips out of movies that went on for 30 minutes of just clips of, of 9/11 being in movies. Yeah, you know, or our TV shows. You're right. Well, yeah, yeah. So so uh, and 9/11 happened, but they you know they didn't put it on the news that that, that, that these clues or anything. Well, guess what? There's a new date. It's December 21st, coming up in two weeks. Two weeks from tonight is December 21st. Let me tell you about this. Yeah, because, tell me about that. Oh, oh, this is a big deal. I need to hear this. <laughs> what? I said, I need to hear you know this. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Do you know what I'm going to tell you? I don't. I'm curious. All right. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, is that, uh, you know, uh, 2012, uh, December 21st is the winter solstice. Yes. That's 2012 was when it was going to be the end of the world, according to the Mayan calendar. And they, they even made a big movie in 2012, and they was in all the TV shows about 2012. And, and when I, look, I didn't take it seriously. Did you? I didn't. I didn't, um, no. In fact, I was driving to Oregon well, on that night. It was 2012 and, and uh, moved to Oregon. But um, so nothing happened. And so everybody went, oh, nothing happened. Wait a minute. In 2000, when they said the computers were going to blow up because, you know, what did they call that in 2000 when the computers were going to blow up? Oh, you mean the Y2K scare? The Y2K. Yes, sir. And nothing happened. So everybody's pretty jaded when it comes to these dates that they something's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, guess what? Is that um, in the Bible, there's a thing called the seven years of tribulation okay, uh, in purgatory. Now, purgatory is not heaven and that's not hell. That's just a place in between. That's kind of like where we are. Okay, uh, and so um, uh, there's a there's a YouTube channel called Flat Earth Paradise. This is where I'm getting my information. I never heard of this website. Let me pull it up right now. Oh my God! Flat, Flat Earth, Earth Paradise. Let me pull that up right now, boys and girls. My goodness. Yeah, it's Devin Maggi. This guy is a brilliant uh, video maker, and he assembles and compiles uh, information in such a documentary fashion. You will blow your mind. Um, all the numbers are pointing to this 1221. All the numbers, but meaning is that the numbers are encoded in words. Here, I've got a whole list of them right here. My goodness. That, yeah. And so, um, and, and the other thing is, is that, okay, here's the, here's the deal. If you're not into flat earth, here's the deal. Is that, um, uh, you know, we're, it's a circular uh, realm we're in. At the center is the North Pole. Uh, where the aurora borealis comes out of. If you ever notice, the aurora borealis is, is coming from a, a central point right at the North Pole. It's because it's coming from a vortex. 
There's a portal there that they don't want you to know about. And they, they, uh, um, airlines are not allowed to even fly over the North Pole. I guess they don't want you to see it. But, you know, Admiral Byrd in, in the uh, 60s uh, or 50s, he flew to the North Pole. And, and, and he flew there, and he said that he did a U-turn and came back. Well, guess what? His, his diary surfaced, surfaced years later, and he told the story of what actually happened when he went to the North Pole. was that he said he went over a lot of a snow, and then suddenly the snow started to change color, and then soon he was in uh, over green mountains at the North Pole. And he said that, uh, that, uh, that, that these uh, flying saucers came up next to him and escorted him into a city. So – um, you can read all about that. Just type in Admiral Byrd's diary. Oh, yes. I'm uh, very familiar with his um, expedition. Amazing stuff. A very fascinating in, uh, individual he is, or was, yeah, rather. South Pole, too. There's a whole thing about the South Pole. Too. But anyway, you can you can research that. But the point is is that is that this um, – uh, um, let's see. How, how can I tell you this? Let's see. Um you know Devil's Tower. Remember Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You know Devil's Tower. Yeah, in, in Wyoming. Okay, Real that's location. a tree stump. Mm-hmm. That's a tree stump. Okay, the mesas in Arizona. You know these flat-topped uh, rock formations. You know we always thought they were very odd that are sitting out in the middle of nowhere. It's just these, you know, with flat top. Right. Those are tree stumps. So this okay. is a tree. This is a tree. We are literally in the Garden of Eden right here. That that. That there's a whole um, the, the, these government schools they put us through taught us a history that they made up. Promise you, this is all made up. That it, this whole Columbus came over and discovered America. Tartaria was well, I here. Agree with, I agree with you on that one. Okay, good. Tartaria oh, yeah. is where um, Russia is now. It's a, a very highly advanced civilization that had free energy. That all their buildings had, you know, was taking um, electricity right out of the air. And the parasites came and they mud flooded them. They had some kind of energy weapon where they flooded in mud and they flooded these cities uh, and they killed everybody and they stole everything. The Washington Capitol with that dome on it was not even built by us. It was here when they came from Europe. Okay. If you look at, uh, the Washington Monument and the way that all the lines are laid in uh, the grid work of, of Washington. This is all on grid lines and stuff that has to do with energy. Uh, and and uh, we know nothing about it. So this advanced civilization was wiped out. And instead, we got this uh, dispensable, you know, uh, pathetic, uh, you know, fast food loving, you know, uh, media uh, hype controlled, uh, school indoctrinated, you know, we get these. You get the de- degeneration to what we are today. Well, no, I agree. By the way, that is the reason why you are using the aurora borealis lights in the first image that we talked about earlier. Here now, yeah. In okay. fact, um, uh, it if makes you, sense. If you, I, I could, you know, I have so many things I could talk to you about about this, but I really want you to go to Flat Earth Paradise and start watching his videos. You can even watch the newest one he just did, the Truman Show. Okay. Remember the, the movie, The Truman Show? I love it. Yeah. Good film. Yeah. The Truman Show, he was in a uh, controlled uh, uh, dome and, and uh, the uh, behind the moon was where the producers were feeding the, the, uh, all the actors. He was in a sea of actors, right? And he was in a reality show. Well, it turns out is that that's us, that we are the ones, we are in the dome. See, we are, we are uh, watched uh, and we are, Part just like just like Truman. Anyway, the point is is that 
there's so many clues in these movies and uh, Flattered Paradise, Devin Maggi, he compiles them and he shows you how um, all the clues is pointing to this date of 1221, that 1221. it's the end of time. It, in Literally, this whole world that we are experiencing has run its cycle, and it's ending in two weeks. That's wild <laughs> stuff. By the way, um, speaking of which, the shows that you are talking about, there's another show called Under the Dome that uh, first appeared back in uh, 2013. I'm not quite sure if you saw it, but... I have a feeling it's another film or a TV series that you would like. That's by uh, Stephen King, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, he's got a, a sequel to The Shining called, uh, what is it called? Dr. Sleep. And and uh, the, the tagline on it is, uh, what is it? The world will shine again. Well, what that means is, is that the living souls, here's the thing, okay, is that it turns out is that uh, just like in a video game, how you got main players and then like in Jumanji, you know, uh, you, there's main players and then you've got the background players that are part, they're part of the construct. That's what we are in right now. Some of the people listening to this, you know, are, are just temporary people. They're not, they're not uh, infinite beings. They're not they even are, there. Huh? I said, they're not even there. They're not even there. And they're so, there. and so this is all coming to an end. All the living souls, they say in the Bible 144,000, but this is not a Christian thing. This is simply uh, the 144 is showing up in Dramatria, which is numerology. Okay. It, it's uh, the 144 are going to be exiting um, this matrix because it's just going to dissolve. In fact, the, the, the new Simpsons uh, on December 20th is the last episode of Star Wars. It opens the day before December 21st. It opens on well, December now that's, 20th. Now that's interesting. I didn't know that. And it's episode okay. nine, and numerology nine is the number of completion. Okay, and and then uh, the um, if you watch their um, their their trailer, it says uh, the 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 journey is about to end, right? And so all these different things. If you go to Flat Earth Paradise, he has got video after video where he collected and compiled all these different clips out of movies and songs. They talk about the X, you know, about uh, treasure maps. You know how. Uh, Pirates, you know, uh, treasure maps, they always had an X, right? right? Well, the X is at the North Pole because there's a, a map maker in the 1500s or 1600s that was, I uh, uh, forget his name, but he, um, he, he detailed this land mass that had four islands at the North Pole. And in the very center was this giant tree, just like, you know, these giant trees that we have here, I mean, that they cut down. There was, this was the mother of all trees. This was the, the, um, the tree of life. The base of it was 30 miles wide. Okay, so we're talking about a tree that was, you know, this huge, massive tree. And the root system is what we call caves now. Okay, you know how a cave kind of goes smaller and smaller and it kind of meanders, and that's yeah. because it used to be a root. Okay, but um, so all these trees were super intelligent. Remember the movie uh, Avatar? Remember how uh, the trees they connected to the trees? Well, Avatar is is basically giving us all the information about what this used to be. That's uh, that's what Earth used to be, and so um, so they cut down the tree and uh, at the North Pole it, they cut it down and uh, and now we celebrate Christmas where we cut down a tree and we put a star on it and it's the North Star. Okay, so how sick is that? It's pretty. And sick. you got a guy named Santa, which is basically an anagram of Satan in a red suit. It is cutting down a tree with a star on it. So, that no good, know, it, son of a also, bitch. It, yeah, son of a bitch. It all starts to make sense. Um, it, it's that uh, we are, the, and the elves 
We are the elves. We are the living souls. We are the elves. If you look at uh, Devin Maggi, uh, Flat Earth Paradise, he explains all about the living souls and the elves. I'm going to check that elves. out. And, and uh, anyway, I'm all excited about this, as you can tell. Me too. Uh, because it's coming up in two weeks, and, and uh, I'm feeling pretty high about it. And as you can tell, my background in spirituality is pretty unconventional. And, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of connected up. And uh, and they're telling me that this is going down. This I like is going that. Down. Yes, I so hope it goes down. It's going to go down. It's going it. to go down. And, and not only is it going to go down, it's going to be so fun. Okay, so fast forward. So um, so I start raising my frequency. Here's how you raise your frequency. It's all about where you put your attention because um, you put your attention. You you take it off of memories unless they're really good memories. You take it off of memories and you you put it on things that you like. You take the things out of your life that, that upset you, if, you know, and if, and if you can't take it out of your life, at least you can look at it and admire it, see? So you do anything you can. The most important thing you can do is to feel good because the emotions is your guide. You just follow your emotions. You follow your bliss. You follow the highest frequency, the, the non-resistant thought. That's the key is that, it, it, and see, notice that all the news and all the things that they did to us all these years was all very resistant, was all about combat, uh, uh, people, you know, uh, a turmoil between people, you know, uh, to, to divide people. You just simply get them fighting, right? Uh, well, that's what they did. They kept your frequency low intentionally because when you raise your frequency, you connect with source energy and then you become who you really are. Because who we really are are infinite beings. We're fractals of source. We are of source. We are creators. And as soon as you connect that with source, all the things that you want to have happen, they will help you. Okay. I've had experiences. Let me just tell you one. I was uh, driving, uh, going to uh, my street, going down the stop sign. It goes onto this highway. It's a two lane highway, but it's, they go fucking 70 miles an hour down right. this, right? I was in a hurry. I looked to my right. It was clear to my left. It was clear getting ready to gun it. Right. And just as I was about to hit the accelerator, I had this hallucination of being on the beach, laying back with the sun. Uh, I could hear the waves. I, I, I remember thinking, Oh, I could, I'm so relaxed. I could just stay here forever. Right. Now I'm suddenly caught in this. It couldn't have been more than a second that's happened, but it seemed like that I was there for a while. Right. Soon as I had that thought, a car went by. Turns out that car was in my blind spot. I didn't even realize it. I was getting ready to pull out in front of a car going 70 miles an hour. And they gave me a hallucination that made me relax and not do it. And when I saw that car go by and I realized what they just done, I went, oh, wow, we, thank you. Thank you very much. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I mean David, I got to ask you one thing really quickly. Is it common for you to, uh, for you to sort of have these hallucinations behind the wheel? No, I just had that one time. Okay, good. Never, I, I was getting scared like, there. Only one time. Okay, uh, good. Um, also, I was backing up my car. Uh, was going to drop some wood off, uh, you know, in the back there. And um, it, this was a two-parter. This was it, it was, and it was so loud in my mind. You know, that's the cool thing about when you meditate, you can know the difference between your thoughts and the thoughts that are coming in because I can spot them now. Right, I can spot them. This was more like a megaphone. Okay. Here's what they did. I was backing up. I was looking. I was, you know, driving. And the uh, first thing they did, they put the impression of a, of a water sprinkler in my, in my water sprinkler, uh, you know, my lawn sprinkler in my mind. And I went, oh, yeah. And I just thought about it. And I didn't do anything. And then right after that, they went, stop, right? Really loud, stop. And I, as soon as I heard it, I just hit the brake. 
I went, oh, yeah, the lawn sprinkler. And so I put it in park, and I go, I looked in the front yard. I go, I don't see it. And I look, it was behind the wheel. It was six inches. It was literally the wheel, and then there was the lawn sprinkler, $40 lawn sprinkler. I was getting ready to roll over. They yelled stop, and I stopped, and right as I was about to roll over. So, wow. you know, it's a small thing, but it's a major, major thing when, you, when you're that protected. Right. Definitely. So, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm able, and anybody can do it. All you got to do is raise your frequency on a on a every day, every day. The most important thing you can do is be in the receiving mode. Okay. Every it trumps everything because when you're in the receiving mode, you're who you really are. You're a creator, and you're in this realm. God, if they just told us that from the beginning, oh my God, oh, it'd be so. Uh, my life would be so different, so better. Amazing. Um, I agree with you. And now in the chat room, I do have a photograph of the next image. It's of the freedom of speech. Censor yourself or lose your voice. Oh yeah, I put that on Facebook, and immediately I got I you got, got uh, cut off my live stream. <laughs> you got hooked. Okay. <laughs> They didn't like that at all. <laughs> no, I, I I bet. And it's true, though, that social media is a, is a great way for uh, social control. Oh, yeah. 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 They, um, they didn't name it I social got, media for nothing. Well, I got banned on Facebook six times, you know, one time for nine months. They really didn't like my art because, uh, not you know, I would post it, but also other people would post it. And it was circulating and, and it was saying things, you know, that they were getting banned for. So I'm pretty notorious with Facebook. Yeah, you were uh, but, you were telling me earlier that you were doing some singing on Facebook. Tell tell us tell us about that. I'm sure there's listeners out there who would love to hear you sing on Facebook. Well, look, I'm not saying I can sing, but you know, I like to sing. So no, it's not what I do best. Well, people love that anyways though. <laughs> they do like it. And I, yeah. I sing old folk songs from the seventies or I'll sing uh old country music. I, I do hillbilly music and I or I'll do Irish I did when I was in Sweden, um I got really bored with the town, and so and there was no music, and so I just uh, bought a PA system and, and went and started singing in clubs, and uh, and, and uh, I did that for a few years. So I got kind of good at it. I thought uh, I heard playback of my recording of me doing it, and I thought it sounded pretty terrible, but it seemed like it was good when I was doing it, and people really liked it, so I did it anyway. As long as people love it and have fun with it, I mean, you, it's that's the best way. Yeah, I could hold a room, you know, I mean, uh, if you got the right energy and you're, you really look like you like the people that you're singing to, you know, and you talk to them like I did, you know, I really would talk to them. I, I would, you know, I was pretty chatty and they, uh, I was entertaining. I could hold a room, you know, I would, uh, one time I walked out after a gig after playing four sets, you know, four hours and this guy walked out with me, he goes, wow, I really liked that song you did. And he told me, and I said, that was the first song I did. He goes, yeah. I go, you've been here four hours. He goes, yeah. And I go, Holy shit. He was I mean, in. When did I, <laughs> he when was did in. Anybody sing for four hours before? I don't know. So, uh, you know, I do have some talent there. I guess. You were like a, an Ellen John. <laughs> yeah. I was singing a lot of Neil Young and, uh, you know. You were like a young stuff. Neil Young out there on, on guitar. What's that? I said you were like a young Neil Young there. <laughs> I loved it. Amazing. I loved it, you know. And, uh, and, and, uh, but now I like it even more because when you smoke pot, oh my God, I love to smoke pot and sing. You know, it's not that I can, like I said, I, I ain't saying I can sing, but man. And here's the other thing is that, um, source comes in and, and, uh, uh I can feel like a, a stadium of people are cheering in my mind. You know, they come in and they, the love, oh, I had, uh, uh, my, my father, my, you know, my father's deceased and, and my grandmother and, and all these people that I know had, they've all individually come in and said hello and talked to me and, and left me in tears. And, and they just really, 
um, uh, told me how much they like, uh, love me and adore me, you know, and it's just such a good feeling. Amazing. Uh, I get it really is. And by the way, I do have now the next image up now, and it's of, it, it looks like you have Godzilla and a flying pyramid shooting things. <laughs> I like that. And that's awesome. Yeah. Chicago getting a nine 11. Beautiful. I like that. And uh, describe what's next to uh, that photo. It says it's a visa that's like a guillotine. Yeah, it's a it's a visa card that's the blade of a guillotine, and uh, there's a prisoner that on his back of his jumpsuit it says "debt slave." And I love uh, it. On his uh, his handcuffs have a uh, Wells Fargo credit card that is holding them together. Oh, okay. Now I see it. Yeah, I had to, I had to scroll up a little bit because I had a Wells Fargo that I I, I ran up to six thousand dollars. Uh, about two or three years ago, and the interest rate was so high on it is that I paid the minimum every month, and it never changed from six thousand. <laughs> I mean, holy smokes! Look, look how much I paid on that card, and and, and the debt didn't even go down. But Amazing. I got rescued by some uh, other company that's that uh, gave me a really low rate, and they paid it off, and so now it's down to around you know five thousand. But um, yeah, debt is a debt is a total control. The, the, the parasites that took over the banking families are, you know, it's, it's a complete trap. They invented really good trap, this, this whole money system. It didn't they used really to be did. that way. You know, the Tartarians and everything, they had free energy and uh, there was abundance uh, everywhere. I mean, everybody lived really, really decent lives. Everybody was uh, respecting the government. There was no government. It was just respect. It was a uh, natural law. Uh, they they changed all that. All these institutions and stuff that we're put through, these schools, these churches, the, you know, the governments, all these buildings and stuff. This is all, you know, hive mind, uh, parasite, um, you know, artificial intelligence. This is not of source. Yes. This, this, is, uh, mm -hmm. this is definitely not of source. I'm very curious so. what you think of the whole current political, I guess we could call it a system right now. And. In terms of Donald Trump, how do you feel about Donald J. Trump, David? Well, I like to tell this story. You know, uh, go ahead. You know, when I lived in L.A., you know, I rubbed shoulders with celebrities and stuff, and I had uh, some rock star friends. And um, one of them invited me to to go skiing and, and tell you ride, and I got invited to this little party. It's about a dozen people. Well, two of the people was Donald Trump and Marla Maples, and so really? I made a beeline over to him and, and talked to those two for you know most of the night. So in 94, you know, I, I did, this was when he was just a rich guy in New York. Okay. You know? But yeah. I was well aware of him and I, I was a fan, you know, I, I, cause you know, he was very charismatic, although he didn't seem very charismatic when I was talking to him. He, he seemed like a big pumpkin head. <laughs> he he kind of glared at me cause I was a little, you know, I was, I don't know. Uh, my energy is way different. So. I know I would, I would have to say that must've been a pretty interesting interaction between you and uh, Donald J. Trump. Yeah, and I saw him the next day uh, on the ski slopes and skied up to him, and he went, "Hey, David," you know. So, you know, I knew I knew Trump for a day, <laughs> but you know, uh, look, he's an actor, he's an actor, and and this whole um, this this whole uh, front office of the government, you know, this politi political thing is just a dog and pony show, just to distract you. That's all. They're going to do whatever they want. You can vote all you want. Uh, this this bird ain't changing its course. Amazing. The one thing this bird's getting ready to do is is the December twenty first is that uh, remember yeah you're locked in you you are so locked in with that date yeah oh yeah <laughs> this is a very definite date in fact Devin Maggi you know he um, he talks about it. he said look I didn't want to put a date on this he said but uh, I I 
you know, I had a communication. I had a divine communication. He had a vision, you know, uh, where he said that the the goddess uh, Sophia, which is the Aurora lights, you know, right? Um, said date. She de- she told me she said that's the date, and he said I went with it. So that's the date, and so they find it in numerology is that this uh, twelve twenty one is in a lot of the words, you know. Uh, in fact, uh, the uh, word time. Uh, and gematria and numerology uh, adds up to 144. So, you know, you get 144 or 1221 a lot. And, and uh, I could show you all that. But, you know, he outlines it in all the videos. So if you go to Flat Earth Paradise and watch his videos, it is stunning what Flat he's Earth, done. I'm Flat saying, Earth Paradise, uh, boys and girls, check it out. And I watch those videos and listen to those videos on loop every day. I, I probably watch two, three hours every day for the last months uh, of, of all these videos because it makes me feel so good. You know? Yeah, very nice. You definitely want to continue feeling good. That's what everyone should try to strive for. And by the way, in the chat room now, I do have an image that is sort of one of my favorite images you've made. It's of a woman that's hitchhiking and it says aluminum sky and there's a snake going around and, and there's a little cat behind her. <laughs> yeah, she's hitchhiking. There's a girl hitchhiking with a with a uh, gas mask on. Yep, that's and the one. Skies being sprayed with aluminum. And in fact, if you look the words uh, aluminum, are coming out of the back of the plane. Yeah, it's and in fact, you know, I got a um, uh, a friend that, that gave me the money to uh, get a hair test to, to have my, you know, to to check out what's going on with my body before I was working on some health uh, issues and stuff uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, I tested dangerously high for aluminum. That's now, I don't use anything. Okay. I'm well aware of aluminum because of my cadmium poisoning, and I don't, do, I don't have any source of aluminum coming into me except for maybe the fact that I mow the yard and that I work in the yard and I'm outside. So it's aluminum being sprayed. Uh, I live by uh, Mount Shasta, you know, which is in Northern California. Oh, I you're out there. Okay. Yeah, I live in Oregon. Yeah, right over the uh, California border. And, uh, you know, they tested the snow at the top of Mount Shasta, and it's it's something like 60,000 parts per million, which is, you know, you might as well be next to an aluminum factory uh, to have that level of aluminum at right. the top of it should be pristine snow because it's coming out of the air. They're dumping a barium. They're dumping a strontium, um, probably a lithium, uh, you know, aluminum, all these things. It's just, it's absolutely insane what's happening. But it guess is. what? It's all over. It's all, it's all coming to an it's end. It's to all an escalating end. because, because, I mean, think of it. It's just, it's, it's to, um, what this is, the reason we came and we created all this, see, we created this, this realm, uh, but we forgot and we got trapped by this artificial intelligence that, that, uh, is, is what they call an energy extraction matrix. Okay. Um, this uh, AI, uh, you can call them the reptilians or whoever you want. They feed off of uh, our, the living souls. They are, they are temporaries, and so the, the only way to sustain themselves is to feed off of our energy, right? And our lower emotions particularly. That's why they keep us in lower emotions. It's because, you know, if you're really desperate and stuff, oh, they really like that. Oh, um, this is they, a great photo, by the way. Now in the chat, I do have a photo of Hillary that has been freshly ran over by... Uh, Anthony Weiner, Weiner in the Weiner mobile. Yeah, I love That's that. A good, yeah, she got run over by the Weiner mobile. Remember, she was uh, <laughs> yes. Anthony Weiner's. Uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's good one. Clever. I love that. By the way, very, very clever. Yeah, 
That's a good one. That's in my third book. Yeah, your third and book. It's half price right now, too. Go to my website and you get that third book. It's a good one. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, go to DDE. ES.com, DavidDees.com, DDEES.com. If you want to purchase any of these illustrations that you're seeing, would be pretty awesome to have right there on your table or anywhere else you would like to uh, display this book. It's uh, fabulous. Yeah, it's it's very well done. It's uh, I, I put the the highest quality, thickest paper uh, with the glossiest I could get. I, I it's not, it's the best. Um, the printer, this international printer that I use that's actually nearby me here, they're international. they got five uh, printers around the world. And uh, they, they, uh, they named my first book the book of the year. They said this was, this was beyond, you know, they, they were big fans. So they've really uh, treated me nice. That CDS printing, you need a good printer, CDS printing. Definitely. Um, Shout out to those great folks there. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, on this, uh, there's some uh, – Fan mail here. I, I, I could uh, read a bit of this fan mail. It says here from uh, Kathy, it says, I received a set of books as a Christmas gift from my husband. I was so excited. The best part of my gift was it helped other members of my family connect the dots that I never thought would. My mom wanted the link to buy a set for herself to show others after looking through my books. So I decided to buy her a set for her upcoming 60th birthday in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for your art. So I get a lot of stuff like this because um, I'm sure you do, it, man. I'm sure you get all kinds of uh, crazy emails. You get angry people. You get people that say you influence them uh, for X, Y, and Z. I'm sure you get all sorts of awesome stuff. Yeah, because you know you put it on your coffee table, and uh, I don't care how asleep somebody is, they're going to want to look at it because it's wild. It's some wild imagery. I love it. You know, I, it's it's uh, some of my best stuff. So yeah. hey, I got a pretty good background in, in entertainment. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you were able to put it to use, David. Yeah, you know uh, Peter Green, this uh, designer that I worked for in L.A. You know, um, you know, we did all the Disney and and the Paramount, not the Paramount, that was Disney and uh, Warner Brothers. That he had that account. So you know, we worked together for a good ten years, and so you know, he was pretty excited when he saw these books. You know, he. He was really impressed that, that uh, you were already you know, ID'd I, in the chat room, by the way. It says uh, uh, username stars and bars says, hey, is this the Disney guy? Well, not really. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've worked for I've done a few things for Disney. You've but, done uh, you've done a couple run ins basically for Disney. Well, I got contacted by Disney one time uh, to do a, a thing for, you know, I, I was doing a lot of work for them, but uh, they, they wanted me to illustrate this thing for Robin Williams' birthday. Interesting. You remember, remember when Demi Moore was on the cover of um, uh, some magazine where she was pregnant? Right? I do. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. How can I forget? Yeah, they had me illustrate <laughs> her uh, as the genie in, uh, remember the, 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 the movie that Robin Williams did, the voice of the genie? Um I forget what it was. An animated uh, movie, uh, Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin, yeah, Aladdin. Yes. So mm-hmm. it was the blue genie, pregnant, right? Oh, yes. And uh, that was going to be his birthday present from uh, from Disney. Oh, I didn't. Wow, I didn't get the joke. I didn't know what you know. I don't. Know, what does this mean? You know. Now I know what it means. Now I know what it means. My goodness, I, it, I have the photograph, by the way, of Demi Moore from Vanity Fair. Yeah, Vanity Fair. Um, well, it turns out, uh, you know, I'm a little embarrassed to say it almost because, you know, the, <laughs> Don't worry. a lot of these movie stars, a lot of these movie stars are transgendered. A lot they're, of them are. Yeah, that's true. They, Yeah, they're either born or in vitro. They, they uh, feed them the opposite hormones. 
So in Satanism, you know, you it's all done in opposites. So what they do is they uh, they take a child, a baby being born, and they uh, they give it the opposite hormones. So so it turns out Robin Williams was born. I don't know if he's born female, but it was a female that they turned into a male. Right. And so that's the joke is the genie was pregnant. <laughs> and I went, oh, my God, that's so sick. You know, that's true. And, and how do you feel about, you know, transgender, you know, the whole transgender sport thing that's going on right now? You have these uh, people that made the transition and now they're dominating their whatever sport they're in now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got you got men that are basically uh, winning all the uh, track meet because right, yeah. they can out the women. Wrestling, weightlifting, all these things that you're seeing on television, I would have to say that's kind of uh, kind of unfair to the women. It's ridiculous, you know. Uh, but they don't, you know. Look, the controllers don't care. It's 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 all about. Uh, oh, you want to see a really good example of it? I'm a big fan of UFC. You know, Ultimate Fighting. Of course, you like mixed martial arts, sure. Yeah, we take a watch some of those women that fight. I mean, it's it's not they don't even hide it anymore. It looks uh, like a dude. You know, you're referring. Like yes, you're referring to a. Uh, a transgender by the name of Fallon Fox, who now fights. Well, she's been or he's been fighting uh, women for a while now. And I think one of the last fights he was in or she was in, she broke the other woman's jaw. Yeah. See, so it's uh, it's but it's pretty obvious when you when you look at the these fights. And even uh, what's her name? That was the uh, the top woman fighter. Um, what's her name? Rousey. Uh, Ronda Rousey. That's a tranny. A year, oh, that's, my goodness. You really think that's a tranny? Oh, I know it is. Oh, oh yeah. no. I, when I started studying about transgender, I mean, I because of my background in drawing and understanding about, um, you know, ratios and um, it, the, the, the bone structure, I completely can see the female and the male uh, bones. Oh, boy. Bones. This is going to really piss off some people for sure. And, uh, you know, I have a photograph now of Ronda Rousey and a Fallon, a Fallon Fox uh, side by side. I'm going to bring that up in the chat room now. And look at Ronda's hips. The girl does not have uh, female hips. Are you? Can you see this photograph I have up? Oh no! Let's see. Let's see if I can. Pull it's that it's up. in the chat room. Okay. I don't know how to get to the chat room. Oh, you know what? Maybe I should go in the chat room. You should. All right. So I'm at the end of days. Uh, uh, well, just let me send you a link. Don't worry. The YouTube. Okay. Yeah, that'll be a little quicker for you. But yes, in the chat room now, you can see a side by side comparison of what I think. I think she's a woman, though. And but you, you're saying that's a man. Hang on. Felon so, Fox uh, next to her, though, said- is a man for sure. That's that's a trend. That's a tranny, boys and girls. If you haven't already known that. Did you send the link? Not yet. I'm, I'm going to right now. Yeah. Right. Um, look, I mean, they what they're doing is soon as soon as uh, these uh, sonograms show what sex it is, and, and uh, they they pump in the opposite hormone. So they literally, if it has a veg, then it's going to have a peen. You know, I mean, it's it's going to grow, and sometimes it'll come out, and, and it'll be both. And so the doctors are all in on it. So they just take away the one that they don't want. So amazing. Let's see. Uh, are you are you seeing the link now? Oh, I muted you. I'm sorry about that. You did? Yeah, I had you on mute for one second. I'm sorry. It's all right. So you can see that now. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there it is. There you go. Yeah, look at her hips. And you notice you got her hand on her hips. See, that's that's the that's the move. Uh, that's all these the move. Models, yeah, the move. You know, the, uh, the Victoria's Secret, that's the secret, is those are all men. <laughs> that's the secret. Yeah, 
That's the secret. Is and if you look at who dates the Victoria's Secret models, up, oh, then you 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 out the uh, female to male uh, trannies. My goodness, uh, Neil DiCaprio is one of the most famous uh, female to male. By the way, speaking of Victoria's Secret, there was a, a tranny that was actually there. Now, the, one of the first ones. Where? Uh, on the um, I forgot what show it was, but it's a Victoria's Secret sort of um, yeah. passion sort of thing. Yeah. So you see, Rhonda's is, is uh, her her shoulders are so much more wider than her hips, right? And she's got her hand on her hips, so that takes your attention off the fact that she doesn't have female hips. My you know? goodness. Yeah. But she is now married to some other former fighter. Yeah. So you're Big saying guy. that that's like you know I don't know I don't know what the story is there either. My I don't know if goodness. he's a tranny, but but uh, you know. Um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was uh, Mr. Universe. Arnold, tr- you think yeah, he's, he's a tranny? A he's a transgender. So, you wow. know, you, you can't just look at uh, the, the muscles. When you can do it in vitro, in vitro then uh, you're, you're getting ready to uh, cause. Remember, remember, the whole thing about Arnold Schwarzenegger was that he was, they always said, you know, because I was interested, in, you know, uh, I read or watched that Pumping Iron movie. It was, they were saying, he's a freak of nature because look how thin his wrists are, but look at the size of his biceps, right? So these other men, they have these thick, you know, if, if, you, if, you're, if you have this much of, uh, muscle uh, structure on you, you you're going to have uh, usually a very uh, thick skeleton. Uh, Schwarzenegger doesn't have a thick skeleton. He's got thin uh, ankles and thin uh, wrists, which really makes an exaggerated-looking uh, muscle man. So, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pulling up a known? yeah. I'm pulling up a photo of Arnold now, more recent, and you're telling Notes. me that this is uh, this is a woman. And look at it. Okay, a man has a a, a brow ridge. He has a, a bump right on uh, below his, uh, you know, underneath his eyebrows. Right. He doesn't have that at all. He's got a very flat. Uh, a man's head uh, forehead recedes back. A woman's is more straight up, more flat. That's what he's got. You can I can spot the uh, female to male trans. Are you seeing the photo? Are you seeing the photograph I have up now in the chat? Well, let's see. I never found the chat. All I found was uh, was your videos. Interesting. So, Let me. Yes. Where, where is the? Uh, where do you? How do you go? How do you go to the chat? I see home videos, playlists, community channels about. Which, it should say. It should say live somewhere around there. Hmm. If not, I'll, I'll send you a direct link. Yeah, don't worry. Let me give you that link now. So, yeah, I got really fascinated with a transgender. I studied that for a good year. You know, I watched. You know, they, they have uh, pretty detailed videos uh, that uh, you know channels that, that uh, go into, uh, there's one called Transpocalypse Now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. This guy's really good. This guy really outs, uh, you know, it turns out that Hollywood is absolutely saturated with trannies. And, and here's the other thing is that my, some of my rock star friends in LA turned out my f- closest friends were trannies. They were trannies. They were males. They were female to male. And look, they were sleeping with girls. I mean, they they had male package. I'm not saying that they had, you know, they, but when I look at them, my buddy goes, hey, you know, I just did the guitar for Cat Stevens' new album, right? And I, I go, wait a minute, Cat Stevens. I looked at him and went, oh my God, oh my God. And they even gave him the name Cat Stevens. See, that's that's the clue. Well, this is, this is devastating to me. I, I never heard such claims. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now, now, David, I sent you a direct link. Uh, yeah. To the live chat, definitely hit mute. By the way, if you do enter the chat room, 
Boy, this conversation's really taking a dive, isn't it? I, well, I mean, <laughs> this is pretty fun, actually. You know, I put it in my third book. You know, I uh, I have a picture of uh, oh. You know, by the way, I was um, it was a bar. You know, I eventually ended up in some pretty elite little bars and stuff in, in Beverly Hills and, and the, in Hollywood. And I was in there one night and uh, Angelina Jolie walked up to me. Right. Don't tell I mean, me that's was, a tranny, too. This was only a couple of dozen people in a room. And, you know, Angelina Jolie is one of them. So you can imagine, you know. And so my God, and then Dwight Yoakam walks up to my other side. So I got Angelina Jolie on my right and, and Dwight Yoakam looking at me on my left. And I'm going, oh, my God. I'm blown away, David. But the first thing that struck me about Angelina Jolie, because I thought it was the most beautiful woman in the world, is I looked at her shoulders. She oh, has, no. Look don't, at her. Don't she, tell she's me. She's got very odd shoulders. Oh, no. you know? I didn't know it at the time, but now I realize oh, why that she has odd shoulders. She she's the Manning. So. David, I, I've, you know, I've serviced myself to that woman before. <laughs> are, you telling me, are you telling me that that's a man? Yeah. Sorry, oh, man. no. This is just... Now hey, I need look, to take a shower. All the top models, look, all the top models, all the top models, the ones, the ones that I lusted over too. Oh so. my goodness, David, this is this is a shocking revelations we are hearing here now for what, the first time we're hearing this. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, the uh, whole Arnold thing, and now Angelina Jolie is a man. That's that is well, crazy. And she's man. She had you know. Uh, I don't I don't know the extent of you know, but she's she's certainly. Uh, got all the parts of a woman i'm not she, saying she's well, walking around. i mean the hands her hands are a little odd i have to say yeah They're, those I'm are kind of like man's hands in a way look when she was standing from me in person i i, I my jaw dropped because i i didn't even i was gonna start to try to talk to her but my buddy kind of jumped in and, and took over oh he got in there huh he got in there huh he got in there, and it turns out he's the one that worked with uh, Cat Stevens. So it turns out they're both trannies. Oh my god! <laughs> I was in a fest of trannies. I didn't even know it. My god! So, you you had you were just you were engulfed in tranny action. Yeah, and it was Bon Jovi over there, you know, and he's a tranny, and uh, and then there was, uh, you know, uh, oh, there was a you know, it's, oh oh, uh, who was that? Um, oh, I forget what's her name. Winona Ryder. My buddy, I was with a buddy of mine, a guitar player, you know, a real good-looking guy, you know, and he goes, dude, Winona Ryder is oh, staring right at me. Don't, he goes, Winona staring at me. Don't right? do so this to me. Walks, she comes walking by. I go, Winona, right? And he goes, no, 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 don't say anything. I go, okay. Comes to find out, you know, found out Winona's training. Turns out my buddy, my buddy is too. Oh, you know? my God. I couldn't believe it. I mean, he's the most masculine-looking, handsome guy. He played guitar in that band Poison. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, wait, Poison. Yeah. Don't only for tell you. me. Don't tell me someone in Poison is also a tranny. Oh, they're all trannies. The, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael, what's his name? The lead singer. Yeah. All those. All those people are all trannies. Look, I mean, you don't have to believe me. Just if you want to go and look at all the um, the. Uh, no. I had to put the funeral uh, music on. <laughs> my God, my whole yeah. my mind is just—I don't even know what to say. I'm shocked. Yeah, you, me too. But uh, I'm kind of over it because this was a couple of years ago. I went through all my, you know, studying about trannies. But jeez, uh, now uh, now I'm afraid to ever service myself to any of these uh, women now. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, this is it's, terrible. Uh, oh, yeah. In fact, uh, you know, in Scientology, uh, it turns out that a lot of my friends were I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. I even asked one out by, you know. Uh, oh, no, don't tell me. I didn't go. Uh, she she said, oh, I'm busy. But uh, what's her name? Oh, see, I'm, I'm a little 
kind of jumpy here, uh, so I, I, uh, I forgot her name. I'll, I, it'll come to me, but uh, you'll you'll recognize her. Uh, she's famous, and uh, she lived with Brad Pitt for a couple of years. So you know, it's not like she's not good looking, but she she's really weird looking. What's her name? Don't tell me Jennifer Aniston. No, but that's a super tranny. That's that's, that's a tranny joke. too. All the friends, the friends, uh, the whole friends oh my cast. God, those men are actually uh, were actually uh, tranny or male. To this female. is a this is a tranny universe. Yeah. Well, no oh Hollywood. God. Hollywood. That's the thing. That's the thing. You know, Satanism. This is they do it to the children. Terrible. Look, look at uh, look at Bush. Look at Bush's wife. You want to see something really weird? Look at the the senior Bush. Look at his wife. You know, Barbara Bush. Look at a picture of her when she was twenty five. Holy smokes! It looks like a man in a dress. Well, we now we know. It. Now we know why Bill Clinton did what he did in the Oval Office. Well, look. I mean, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton are very suspect in all this too. Those so, are some you know, freaks right there yeah. for sure. Bill Clinton's got a very thin neck. He's a freak. Yeah. That guy's a freak. He's a freak. He's got an odd look, and plus, you know, he's got a very thin neck. So. Oh, my God. Well, David, you know, I hate to uh, cut this off here, but we are running out of time here, and I feel like I could, I could talk to you for hours, David. Yeah, well, i got a lot going on, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's a sad that we the, we ended up on such a sour note with all this tranny stuff. Oh, it, it, trust me, it's not a sour note. This is well, this is a highlight here. Oh, yeah? Okay. Hell, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we learned all kinds of interesting stuff here tonight. I mean, this is this was like a big, happy, dysfunctional family uh, discussing the ins and outs of of life. Yeah, I love. Yeah, it. I mean, it's a it's you know, look look at what how I feel. I had I lived all this. That's wild, David. I you know you're now officially you're like one of my favorite guests I, I've ever talked to. Now <laughs> I do have some stories though. We got to do this again, David. I mean, this is just too damn good. All right, what you doing tomorrow? Uh, well, tomorrow, not really doing anything. We're not going to do it tomorrow, but we'll do it soon. You know, we'll look, do it very soon. Do it, I, what, I will do it before the end of the world, which will be in two weeks. If you want to do another show before two weeks is up. I do. We, start- we have to. We have to. Okay, good. Because I need to. I, I do need to sell books. I owe the printer, you know, almost three thousand dollars. I got to pay in the best way you can do is buy my books. Please yes. just buy my books because all that money goes to me. If you're going to buy it directly from me. I'll sign your book. He'll I'll autograph them, book. folks. I will autograph them. with a not with a non tranny hand. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny that the trannies were you know attracted to me. I don't know if they thought I was a tranny too. It's yeah. the hair. It's the hair, David. Yeah, I got a look. You know, you got, the, a, you got uh, that lovely hair. You know, the 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 men and the women they can't hold back. I can't hold back on I that. Have big hair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, man, I tell you, in the 80s, back when we used to, you know, look, I was a hair god in, in L.A. I used to drive around, you know, uh, in the in the 80s and 90s, with, you know, in a convertible, and I had this this big blonde hair. Awesome. And, you know, and people, people thought I was in guns, thought I was deaf from Guns and Roses. <laughs> That's what I. Like. Well, David, people, I have yeah. to say, David, you still are a rock star to uh, many of us <laughs> out here. I don't know about that. But, uh, yeah, you know what, kind of a rock star status in the sense that, uh, you know, uh, I went to Anarchapulco, which was, um, you know, it's a meeting of, of Bitcoin uh, people. It was, it was about 3,000 people. That's right. And that's uh, right. I made a public appearance. And I didn't tell anybody I was going. I, why should I, you know? And I got down there, and then uh, 
people were, everybody was recognizing me and yelling my name out. Like I, yeah, I'd never had a celebrity a feeling like I was a celebrity. So it was, uh, well, it was interesting. Well, David, you like- are, you well, your top talent, David, you, you shouldn't be so humble. I mean, you are the man, David. And I want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program. And I will talk to you uh, very soon and we'll set up another date. Uh, ASAP. We got to get you back in here. Uh, it seems like we barely just scratched the surface, David. Just got going. Barely got rolling. That's right. Uh, And David, go ahead and and, uh, plug anything you'd like, any final words, anything you'd like to say. The floor is yours, man. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Okay. Um, uh, I haven't been to a physical, I'm not physical, a um, a, a doctor, one of these doctors that gives you antibiotics and stuff in 22 years. I'll tell you why, because I've discovered this Rife technology. Rife technology is a uh, frequency uh, sound frequencies that kill bacteria, and it's a machine that's pro- pre-programmed. And I sell these; um, they sell for fifteen hundred. Well, actually, complete. It's almost two thousand dollars. But you know, um, I have two of them, and I, I used mine uh, even last night. I have a problem with candida. I have all these uh, problems with uh, keeping all the bacteria and the fungus and stuff because you know my immune system got destroyed by all this paint that I sucked in right. all those years. So. Um, you know, I've rebuilt my immune system and stuff. And so the reason uh, if I look really young uh, now at this uh, age of 62 is because I clean my body out with using this Rife technology. So I will sell you one, too. If you contact me, you know, through my website, you'll see my uh, how to contact me, uh, my, my email address. Um, I'll get you one. I'm telling you. Holy gotta, shit, you look good, by the way. Thanks. It's, it's, I uh, didn't know it's, you were that old. Be- and I don't mean that in a, you know, I don't mean to be very offensive by saying that, but you look great for your age, my friend. Yeah, I I, uh, I I do. I do. I, I see people young. that are sixty two, and and uh, you know, it, it's they they look like my grandpa. I thought you were but, like in your forties at the well, at the at the most. Yeah. To be honest so, with you, wow. That's what I do. Too. You know, um, it's that's what you know. Uh, my nutritionist that helped uh, save my life when I was in LA. She said people don't die of old age. Mostly, they die of an accumulation of bacteria and parasites and fungus that uh, destroy their organs, their organs start start malfunctioning. So this Rife technology, uh, what it does is is it it kills bacteria um, by simply, uh, you know, you connect to the machine and there's no sensation. It's just, you just feel better. So yeah, be sure and uh, buy one of those. The other plug I would do would just be, um, uh, you know, for my books, if you go to my website, which is D, my initial, and then my last name, which is D's, it's dds.com. Um, yeah, I, I have my books on uh, half price right now. Only have only right now because I have to get the money to pay the printer in two weeks. We got to do this, folks. Got to help out David D's yeah. here. Yeah, if you want to support uh, my activism, uh, which you know is quite a body of work, I got 400 illustrations that are going that are in print. I got 300 right now, and then 112 more that are getting ready to be in uh, volume four. This is hardcore stuff. It's a lot of fun. Hell yeah. You know, it's, it's very worth supporting. Amazing. Thank you so much, David. And again, I'll be in, in, in touch with you here in a moment. Great. Thank you. Okay. All right, David. Thank you, man. Good night. Thank you, everybody. Good night, buddy. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was the one and only David Dees. And uh, seriously, I feel like I could, I could uh, literally talk to the guy for hours. My goodness, so much we learned here tonight, and the night is still young. In a moment, we will be talking to the second guest. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. 